I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Donald Trump Jr. took the stand at the civil fraud trial that could determine the fate of the Trump family's New York real estate empire. Trump Jr., an executive vice president with the Trump Organization, said he was not in charge of accounting details at the company. The Trumps are accused of financial fraud, grossly over-exaggerating the values of their properties. A motion to expel New York Congressman George Santos failed in the House. The motion needed two-thirds of the House to pass. A group of five Republicans, who also represent parts of New York, led the charge. They called it a, quote, moral issue, saying Santos misrepresented himself to voters. Those five Republicans also face competitive races in 2024. And their 63rd season. It's for the Texas Rangers, champions in 2023. And now to some breaking news. Former Indiana Hoosiers basketball coach Bobby Knight has died at the age of 83. That's according to an online statement by his family. Knight was one of the most successful coaches in the history of college basketball. He won three NCAA national championships during his storied career at Army, Indiana, and Texas Tech. But he was also known as much for his fiery temper on and off the court. Knight was fired as head coach at Indiana after getting into a confrontation with a student. The rush to escape Gaza for hundreds of foreign nationals, including American citizens, who've been trapped in the war zone for more than three weeks. Today, the border crossing with Egypt was opened for the first time since the start of the war, allowing hundreds of foreign passport holders and some critically injured Palestinians to leave Gaza. Diplomatic sources tell CBS News that this first batch of evacuations was negotiated by Qatar in coordination with the U.S. The news comes as the war between Israel and Hamas escalates with a second airstrike on the Jabalia refugee camp in as many days. Israel says fighter jets hit a terrorist command and control center and killed several members of Hamas. The U.N. Human Rights Office says the strikes on Tuesday could amount to war crimes due to the high number of civilian casualties. Shut up. All this as Israeli ground forces push deeper into Palestinian territory. An Israeli Defense Forces commander says troops have broken through Hamas's front lines and are now at the gates of Gaza City. In our area, a candlelight vigil held for the hundreds of people 
Thousands, what hundreds? Who were killed on October 7th. The organizers lit 1,400 candles for the 1,400 people that the IDF says were killed in the terrorist attacks in Israel on October 7th. We spoke to one New Yorker who survived that attack and said events like these are important to keep the memory of those victims alive. Remembering the victims and praying for the hostages. This is the purpose of vigil in Columbus Circle. It's being organized by the group pro-Israeli democracy. They say they do not want to let New York or the world forget what happened to civilians last month and the people who are still detained. Should have stayed Were the signs I ignore Can I help you Not to hurt Saw brilliance when the world was asleep. There are things that we can have but can't keep. If they say, Who cares if one more light goes out in the sky of a million stars? Flickers, flickers, who cares when someone's time runs out? If a moment is all we are, or quicker, quicker, who cares if one more light goes out? Well, I do. The reminders pull the floor. One more chair than you need. Oh, and you're angry, and you should be. It's not fair. Just cause you can't see it doesn't mean it isn't there. Someone's time runs out If a moment is all we are Or quicker, quicker Who cares if one more light goes out Well, I do Who cares if one more light goes out Well, I do Lincoln Park Nice job by uh, New Yorkers yesterday, Columbus Circle. You know, I still can't believe this guy is dead. I can't believe it, Lewis. This, of course, is uh, Bennington. He's the lead singer of Linkin Park. 
was a great song. They're a great band, but he was very, very close with the uh, lead singer of uh, Audio Slave. And what was the band before that? Soundgarden. That's right. Chris Cornell. And when Chris Cornell killed himself, this guy, and his name is Bennington. I forgot his uh, first name. Chester. Very good. Nobody knows more than you. You're amazing, Louis. <laughs> so he um, he was so despondent over his friend Chris Cornell from Soundgarden and Audio Slave killing himself that not long after, he killed himself. Yeah, very sad. Unbelievably tragic, no? Talent, talented dudes, too. Jeez. And uh, I might say uh, very good-looking guys. Yes, both of those guys. Well, you're right about that. Both very good-looking, Cornell and uh, Bennington. So Very sad. Yes, as is the news today. And who cares if one more light goes out? Well, I do. And certainly the folks in Columbus Circle last night do. But let's start on a positive note. I gotta make pee pee. Son of a bitch. Um, wait, wait a second. We just met outside. I know, you did. bro. Don't even start with me. I don't know. What is going on? I don't. I'm, what's going on? You're like a commercial for. You know, it's funny. If you look at me today, I'm being serious. If you look at me today, I look like an Adonis. I got this beautiful thin sweater on. I got muscles coming out of muscles. I mean, right or wrong. Right or wrong? For a guy my age, almost 57. That's why I'm shocked. I, I, That's why... I'm a mess. I, you you come strutting down the hall. Yeah. And I got muscles where they're not supposed to be. Yeah, right. Well, you shouldn't have them. You right. Have them. Right. So maybe that could be one of the issues, why you need to go to the bathroom again. You think so? I, I, no. I don't know. But yeah. I, I mean, I have issues, too, and I'm slightly older than you. Well, I drink a lot of water in the morning. I like, drink water on my way in. and when So I do I. Here, yeah, yes. same thing. Well, right. we need to. Yeah. Well, that'll, that'll make you pee. Do you get up in the middle of the night to do that? You know, only once or twice now. It's not, that's not bad. I know guys that's major get up four that's, or five times. That no. is a lot. Once or twice is a lot. We're not getting a, a lot of sleep. You're not sleeping eight hours. Yeah. So once or twice, what do you sleep? Oh, oh, so, oh, so what are we doing here? So is that it? Am I dying? Is that it? No, that's just <laughs> it happens when you get older. You got to get up in the middle of the night. We're trying bail. to diagnose why you just went to the bathroom. Yeah. Now five minutes later, you need to go to the bathroom again. I had sex last night. That may be part of the problem. I don't know. Sometimes when I have sex the night before, I have to uh, pee a lot the next day. Uh, it depends how you look at it. Well, problem? <laughs> I just, I just don't know. <laughs> now I got to hurry up and do the next ten minutes. I'm gonna start wearing a diaper to work. Get Leslie. Slender on the phone. Get her to get some diapers in this damn place. Great. That's the next thing we need. That'll be the next account we've got. Depends. Good. Good. <laughs> and I'm telling you, folks, if you go on Instagram right now, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, you're not going to find a better-looking, in better-shape radio host in all of New York, maybe in the country. I, I know I sound like an arrogant dick, but it's true. You're not going to find one. But... Um, What's going on on the outside and what's going on on the inside may be two completely separate things. I don't know. But soon the pictures are going to be all coming from the bathroom, apparently. <laughs> yeah, <right>? Probably, yeah. <laughs> so uh, John Katzmatidis, my guy John Katzmatidis, he did it again. Way to go, John. And Margot and Chad. I always mention John and Margot Katzmatidis and Chad Lopez. The three of them have done an amazing job at this station. But John specifically has these... Um, Ads every week in the New York Post, every week. And today's ad reads on page 24, go buy the New York Post. You can view it online, of course. You can view it once again at my Instagram. Follow me today at Rosenberg.Sydney or my Facebook page, Sid Rosenberg. But on page 24 in today's New York Post, it's a picture of John 
And uh, there's a little statement next to his picture. It says, my priority is to keep New Yorkers safe. Vote for law enforcement. Election Day is Tuesday, November the 7th. For more information, please visit wabcradio.com slash NYC vote. Nice job, John. Then he's got a nice picture of me and a nice picture of my friend Curtis. And it reads, Curtis and Sid's list of pro-law and order candidates for city council. This is something me and Curtis covered yesterday. So then he's got 12 pictures, John, of the 12 candidates me and Curtis are endorsing Tuesday, which include out of Queens, District 23, Bernard Chow, out of Queens, District 26, Martin Jeffcoat, out of Brooklyn, District number 47, Ari Kagan, out of the Bronx, District number 13, Christy Mamorado, uh, one of my favorites, out of Queens, District number 19, Vicky Palladino, out of Manhattan, District number 1, Helen Q., was also being endorsed by the Temple that I speak out occasionally on the Upper West Side. Out of Manhattan, District 4, Brian Robinson. Out of Brooklyn, District 38, Paul Rodriguez. Out of Staten Island, District number 49, Ruslan Shama. Out of Queens, District number 20, Yu Ching, they call him Jim. <laughs> uh, out of Brooklyn, District number 48, one of my favorites, Ina Vernikoff, and a young lady that will join me on the program today, coming up in about 30 minutes, out of Queens, District Number 22, Kelly Klingman. So those are the 12 that Curtis and Sid are endorsing. They are all law and order candidates. What does that mean? Unlike Jason Brannon, that scumbag out of Bay Ridge, who did deep on the cops, he's been lying to me, Rosanna Scotto, Arthur Idala, everybody else. He did defund the cops. Vote for that. Three years ago. So unlike Brannon and uh, Tiffany Caban may be the worst of the bunch, that's who Kelly Klingman is running against. These folks that me and Curtis, and mostly Curtis, have picked, pro-law and order, they love the police, you need to vote for these people. You know, the good news is I went to the gym yesterday, and I keep telling you guys there's a voting center right by Lewis's house, the YMCA, Rockaway Beach, and the place was uh, was busy yesterday. Early voting. Of course, Tuesday is election day. This Tuesday, November the 7th. But they've had early voting since last Saturday. It's been pretty quiet. Yesterday was actually very busy, Lewis. How about that? I'm happy to hear. Good. You're happy to hear? Get out. Of course. All right, good. Yes. And I... Have you gone to vote yet? No. Are you going to vote? Or... I had to go to the bathroom. I really have to pee. <laughs> like really bad. I, I wish you wouldn't again. have said that. No, no. Well, I had that's me. why I didn't vote yet. I was in no. the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So well, Bobby Knight passed away yesterday. Bobby was 83 years old. And, you know, every now and then I'm reminded that for so many years in this business, I did sports. Right? I arrived at WABC in 2016. This is the longest run of any job I've ever had. I was always good for three or four years, brother. That's the truth. Whether it was WFAN, that legendary station here in New York, 790 The Ticket in Fort Lauderdale, 560 WQIM in Miami, 640 Sports in Pompano and Palm Beach, even 1010 Wins. I did sports one year for Mark Ernay. Wherever I've been, it's been 
four years max. And this is now seven-plus years at WABC. But that's this is the only station that I've been doing politics. The rest of my career was sports. And I said this many, many times. College basketball was always one of my favorite sports. Now, they've ruined the sport now. They've ruined it. You can't even watch it. No one knows who the coaches are anymore. I mean, if I asked you for years, who's the coach at Duke, Mike Krzyzewski? Who's the coach at UNC, Dean Smith or Roy Williams? No one even knows now. No one knows. I mean, you know, Rick Pitino is now the coach at St. John's, but the players, nobody knows. You know, I mean, Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, Chris Mullen at St. John's. We'll talk about Isaiah Thomas at Indiana. Nobody knows now. Ed Pinckney. Out of Villanova. Villanova. They won the championship. Yeah. Upset Georgetown. It was, was a crazy that season. Was a great series. Coached uh, by yes, the uh, the great Roly Massimino. Massimino. <laughs> Miss Roly. Oh, those were great days. The, the Big East back then with Villanova, St. John's, Georgetown. I mean, all those schools. UConn. I mean, Jimmy Calhoun had more wins in his career than Bob Knight believe it or not. And college basketball was great. Knight was great. Now, look, he was a psycho. He was. He had some real anger issues. You know, you laugh about it now, and but it really wasn't funny. I mean, he was throwing chairs at kids. He was physically touching kids. That game against Purdue right before he got fired, when he threw the chair across the court at Steve Reed from Purdue, that really wasn't very funny. It wasn't. But he was a tough guy, you know. The guy was spent most of his life in uh, West Point, not most of his life, but the early part of his life at West Point, Army. That was Bob Knight, you know, when he just, that's how he coached. Whether it was Army, Indiana, or Texas Tech, he won over 900 games along the way. He won three national championships, the 1976 team led by Kent Benson. Benson and Quint Buckner. Wow. Benson went on to become the number one overall pick Milwaukee Bucks at draft. Then, of course, that great Isaiah Thomas team, 1981, won the championship. Isaiah was drafted number two overall by Detroit. A guy named Mark Aguirre out of DePaul went to Dallas, the pick before him. And then, of course, that Keith Smart shot in 1987 to beat Syracuse was the third and final championship for Bobby Knight. But I got a piece of audio here that the kid Ken got for us, who works for uh, Frank Morano, like that kid. And it was Bill Parcells, the great giant coach, doing an interview with Dan Patrick right after Parcells made the Hall of Fame. And he talked about his attachment to West Point. I mean, you guys do realize that the great Duke coach, Mike Krzyzewski, he played for Bobby Knight at Army. He went on to be an assistant for Knight at Indiana. And before Krzyzewski went to Duke, he coached at Army. So you got Mike Krzyzewski, Bobby Knight, Bill Parcells, Arthur Ashe, all got to know each other back at West Point, even Bill Belichick. So this is Bill Parcells with Dan Patrick back in 2013 talking about Bobby Knight and the connection they all have through Army. Cut 13. I also wondered about this, Coach, that I don't know if you see this parallel or not, but you, Bob Knight, uh, Bill Belichick, Mike Krzyzewski, fair Parallel, I know, maybe you don't want to be included with Coach Knight because, you know, you respect him so much. But can you see that parallel of mentor, um, uh, pupil, and then, you know, go on to success uh, elsewhere? Well, I think, no, I don't, I don't know how to answer it really. But I think the parallels are that both Bill Belichick, 
all four of us were exposed to the military academies in one way or another. So Mike Osefsky was a player there when I coached at Army and became friends with Coach Knight. Bill Belichick's father was a friend of mine. He was coaching at Navy, and he introduced me to Bill when Bill was just a young 20-year-old guy. But I think that's the one common ground for all of us that we'd all been exposed either as coaches or kind of pupils for that military uh, education. And I I think that stayed with all of us in some respects. Pretty wild. So after 63 years and two other opportunities, the Texas Rangers have won their first World Series in baseball. And one quick note about Donald Trump Jr. He was in a court yesterday, and there's a lady named Colleen Faraday who works for the Attorney General. And she was the attorney that was grilling Trump Jr., and she was no match for Jr. He made her look awful. In fact, at one point, he had the whole courtroom cracking up. But if I told you this, years ago, when my wife Danielle was practicing law. I think it was one of the firms on Long Island. She was in court with the same lady, Colleen Faraday, that was grilling Donald Trump Jr. yesterday. They had a certain case, and Danielle actually went so hard at Colleen Faraday that she ran out of the courtroom crying. (laughs) I swear to God. So I sent Donald Trump Jr. that text yesterday. I go, this Faraday is a joke. My wife, my wife Danielle, made her cry one day coming out of court. I swear to God. And uh, Donald Trump Jr., being the good man that he is, responded with, ha, 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 yeah, not the smartest. All right, big show coming up on this Thursday morning. A lot of great guests. Once again, Kelly Kingman. Klingman, I should say. Kelly Klingman running for city council. She'll be our first guest coming up at 645. My man, the great Curtis Sliwa, coming up at 710. Judge Andrew Napolitano, his weekly visit at 740. The segment of the week, the great Bill O'Reilly, coming up at 840. And hopefully, if he shows up, America's mayor, my dear friend Rudy Giuliani. Coming up at 910. The number is always 1 800 848 WABC. That's 1 800 848 9222. Good morning, New York City. Some more Lincoln Park at 625 on a Thursday. We saw brilliance when the world was asleep. There are things that we can have but can't keep. If they say, who cares if one more light goes out in the sky of a million stars? It flickers, flickers. Who cares when someone's time runs out? If a moment is all we This is Jason Holleran. I proudly serve for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. 
Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is sit-in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. This uh, great ad that John put in today's New York Post, again, page 24, Katsimatidis, Rosenberg, and Sliwa, and a picture of the 12 candidates were endorsing for city council. The more I get pissed, you know, well, Noam Layden, our excellent, not good, excellent news director, reached out to me late yesterday afternoon. I was at the gym, and he said, hey, what was the, what's the name again of that diner in Huntington? And I don't know. They call it by two different names. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, I know this. My great friends, George and Pete Liberatos. It's the Oasis Diner. Very simple. But for some reason, this diner in Huntington, they call it the Golden Dolphin and the Golden Globe. I don't know. But um, so I give Noam the information. He goes, somebody wants to write a local story on it. Well, what Noam didn't know was I had already seen earlier that afternoon. I went for lunch yesterday with Danielle and Serafina. And I already seen one local story in something called The Forward, which nobody reads, and The New York Post. And both of these papers did a story on this diner and this guy, Pete. And they talked about how he lost all his customers, how they've come back in full force, how a restaurant, which usually sits seven to ten people, all of a sudden had 500 people. And guess what they didn't mention? Uh, let's try to <laughs> One of them did say Tom DiNapoli. I like Tom DiNapoli. Heard about this listening to WABC Radio. Hey, Tom, stop it. You were listening to me, WABC Radio. Give me a break. You think uh, Brian Kilmeade was talking about it? Greg Kelly? It was me. So I know I come off like a real dick here, but I just don't care. So you have all these articles about this guy, Pete. And, and Pete is actually interviewed in these stories, and he doesn't mention me either. That's a terrible job, Pete. I don't want to hear it. No, we've been busy since Saturday. Bull shizzle. You started getting hundreds and hundreds of people when I mentioned it. So I'm not sure how you do a story like this in three different spots, and there's no mention of Sid Rosenberg. Am I, am I being over the top here? Is that fair? No. No, that's fair. And, in fact, after I saw that article in the foreword, and they mentioned WABC but nothing else, I called back the reporter from News 12 who had asked me for information on the story, and I said, I'll give you the information and the number to the guy who owns the diner, but you have to promise me that you'll mention Sid's name. And they said they would. Well, did they? 
I, I don't see a story up yet, but this was yeah. last night. All right, we'll see what happens. But he did. I mean, the post lately has really been awful with me. Outside of John, John puts my name in the ad, obviously, but I don't know what the hell is going on. You know, I mean, Jesse Waters called me last night, uh, last week, I should say. It's the only invitation I've had for Fox News for like two and a half months. And um, the Post, they keep doing stories about stuff that I talk about. They never mention my name. WABC Radio, get effed. Are you nuts? <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, bigger or more important story. That's Shut it. up, Lou. No, I, Is, I, I happen to agree. Yeah, like, why do they leave your name out? I don't really understand. I don't know. Anti-Semitism, clearly. <laughs> it is. Another case of anti right. It must be run by Hamas. I don't know. <laughs> I smell a rally. Maybe it's because they, <laughs> yeah. they don't want to hit the italics button on their, uh, <laughs> yeah. right. on their keyboard. Oh, that's true. To yeah. quote the great Bernard McGurk, yeah. you're not being pejorative, you're being descriptive. <laughs> well, by the way, here's a breaking story that uh, my friend Carl Banks... Carl Banks, one of the greatest New York Giant linebackers ever, number 58. He also works alongside Bob Papa. He does the Giant games on WFAN radio. He had been doing a weekly spot at the fan for 100 years. He was the only Giant guy because everybody's a Jet fan there. Boomer, Craig, for a while, I mean, Beningo, they're all Jet fans. So Banks was doing this uh, weekly spot on the Midday Show. And I guess last week, Brandon Tierney and Sal Licata, they were discussing uh, Kevon Thibodeau, who it turns out is a really good player, almost a great player. But uh, Tierney and Lakata didn't want any part of it. They're like, he's a bust. And Banks is like, do you realize 21 games into his giant career, he's got more sacks than LT had? He's got 12 and a half sacks in 21 games. How was that a bust? I guess those guys didn't want to hear it. No, Sal, I think, was not happy. About yeah. it. He goes, I don't want to hear about it. And they uh, well, cut it short. Carl Banks has just resigned oh, from WFAN huh? oh, from that spot. He's still doing the games, of course, with Bob Papa, but he will no longer do analysis on that show. That happened to me <laughs> once. One time that happened to me, I was doing the midday show with Jody McDonald, and the Giants had just played Dallas, and Kerry Collins had an awful game. And I'm killing Collins. I'm killing him. And he's supposed to come on every Monday with us. And his agent called and said, Kerry would rather not do the show with Sid anymore. <laughs> Chernoff said, can you be nice? I said, no, he just threw poor interceptions. Yeah. No. What are you, nuts? <laughs> well, you the, nice? they weren't his fault, really. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. But this isn't even a matter of opinion. Thibodeau's a good player. Right, he's he just a, is. He's right. So, yeah, so. Sal Licata following in my footsteps, although he's making a dumb point. I love Sal. Because Thibodeau was actually pretty good. All right, let me get to this uh, story. The um, the Gazan folks, Israelis and Palestinians, able to leave last night, I guess, or yesterday. Egypt uh, finally opened up the border. Give me the latest on that, Noam. Yeah, this is the Rafah crossing between Gaza and Egypt, which had been closed since the war started. Yesterday, they started letting people who, ha- who had foreign passports. So if you did not have a passport from, like, Egypt or another country, they weren't letting you through. They did let some injured people out, but we don't know how many. And when we looked at that gate this morning, you can imagine people surged towards us, hearing about what was going on. And it's not clear that they're letting more people out this morning uh, we're trying to get word from there 
But what is the latest, uh, any numbers or uh, even the uh, the ground incursion? What's the latest from Israel? You know, it's hard to know which numbers to go by because they're all over the place. But uh, on the Israeli side, they say about a dozen soldiers have been killed. They've now made their way to what they call the gates of Gaza City. So they've really gotten far in. They have had some resistance, but not a ton of it. And they say they took out dozens more terrorists overnight. Dozen more terrorists overnight. It seems to be very, very good news, no? Yeah. And the downside, of course, for Israel is about a dozen soldiers. That's the latest number, anyway. About, about a dozen, dozen soldiers have been killed in the fighting. But how many Palestinians uh, have died? Well, I mean, that's, Hamas, huh? that's the number we just don't know who to go by. So the yeah. Hamas Health indus, uh, Ministry, because they run the health ministry there, right? They're the government in Gaza. They yeah. say over 8,000 have been killed in the fighting. You know, this uh, Nikki Haley, and I know a lot of people who like her, a lot of people, anecdotal, but... A couple at the ferry a couple of weeks ago, they were yelling at me that she's a much better candidate than Donald Trump. And, you know, even yesterday, who was it who said, um, oh, I was talking to Carol Markowitz, the great post writer now living in Boca Raton. She loves Nikki Haley. A lot of folks like this uh, Nikki Haley. She's a very smart lady, and I would have no issue if Trump put her on his ticket or gave her some meaningful job. She had one before working for Trump, you may remember, but then she stabbed him in the back. And uh, I have a hard time liking folks who stab Donald Trump in the back. But we've invited Nikki Haley on this show a hundred times. You know, she's from South Carolina. And Nancy Mace and I become very good friends. She's in South Carolina. You know, she's reached out personally to both Tim Scott and Nikki Haley to come on the show. And neither one of them has. I don't get Nikki Haley. She doesn't come on this show, but she was on. You ready for this? With Charlemagne the God. I'm not no, kidding you. I swear no, to God. No, no. I swear to God. Because I think he was, was he hosting The Daily Show or something? He, he may have been. He may have been. Either way, Nikki Haley is not invited on this show. And I don't care if she loses by a thousand points now. Here is a Nikki Haley with Charlemagne the God. <laughs> who says America is acting like it's September 10th. Cut number 12. The world is on fire, and America better wake up, because right now America's acting like it's September 10th, and we better remember what September 12th felt like, because all it takes is one time, and what I will tell you is... All of our enemies, and I dealt with them every day for two years when I was at the United Nations. Every one of them is looking at Joe Biden, and they know he's not at the top of his game. They see him freezing up. They see that he can't hear. They they look at the fact that they see Donald Trump, and they see all the chaos that comes with that. And they're just banking on us, continuing down this path that is not good for us. We need to be strong. We need to be clear. And we need to do everything it takes to prevent war. A strong American. America doesn't start wars. A strong America prevents wars. Right now, our enemies don't fear us, and that's the problem. What we have to do is stop being reactionary and start letting other countries know what we expect of them. That's what I did at the United Nations. That's what I'll do as your president. <laughs> You're not going to be president, you nut job. What do you mean that's what I'll do as your president? What are you, nuts? You're not going to come close. 
my friend Charlie Marino just made me laugh. I wish I could read this, but I can't. Traffic uh, with Joe Nolan is coming up <laughs> Must next. Be really bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's great. <laughs> then we'll talk to <laughs> yeah. You put the brakes on. One of the, right, exactly. We'll talk to one of the twelve candidates that me and Curtis are endorsing. This lady is really a Curtis Lee favorite. She's running in Queens District Twenty Two. Kelly Klingman. She'll make her debut on the program coming up momentarily. But right now it is time for the seventy-seven WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under ten New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and get the max out of mini. Today's minicast is from the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Here, Frank talks about sports gambling. There has been a tremendous uptick in problem gambling. There has been a huge increase of calls to the gambling addiction hotline, something along the lines of 26, 27 percent. It's almost 30 percent. But I also wonder, there's a lot of concern from a lot of activists and others about what about the people that aren't calling the hotline? And there's a lot of concern that with the ease of legalized sports gambling, this is creating a whole new generation of young gambling addicts. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a deal near you. They're the world's best built boilers. We start on the Diamond in Arizona, where the Texas Rangers beat the Diamondbacks 5 to nothing in Game 5 to take the series. Four games to one and secured their first World Series title in their 63-season franchise history. So uh, congrats to the Texas Rangers. It was really fun to watch. On the hardwood, the Nets secured their second victory of the young season last night with a 109-105 to road win over the Miami Heat. Mikael Bridges led the team in scoring with his 21 points, helping Brooklyn erase a 15-point second-half deficit to emerge victorious at the Garden. The Knicks fell 95-89 to in the second leg of a back-to-back set against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Jalen Brunson led the way in scoring for New York with his 24, but Cleveland's Donovan Mitchell proved too much to handle with his 30 points. That ultimately propelled Cleveland to the win. Both the Knicks and Nets will enjoy a day off today before returning uh, to action tomorrow night. Been without any local ice hockey here for the last couple of days, but fear not as we get uh, ready for for a triple header of local action tonight at the Garden. The Rangers will welcome in the Carolina Hurricanes for a 7 p.m. puck drop while the Islanders simultaneously get things going in Washington against the Caps. Following that action for an 8 p.m. puck drop will be the Devils. They'll be on the road in Minnesota to battle the Wild. Week 9 in the NFL gets underway tonight with the Tennessee Titans visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night football kickoff there set for 8.15 p.m. with the Steelers heading in as two-and-a-half point favorites. And as previously mentioned, very sad news coming out of the college basketball world yesterday with the death of legendary head coach Bobby Knight, his career, of course, highlighted by those three national titles at Indiana. Knight's family made the announcement last night as he was hospitalized with an illness in April, and he'd been in poor condition. How many uh, of the the modern-day coaches, not the old, old guys, have more wins than Bob Knight? Uh, uh, He's sixth on the list, winningest, right? So I would say three. I don't even know how the hell that made any sense. (laughs) He's sixth on the list of three coaches have more wins? 
The hell are you talking Wait, about? Wait, no, because if he's sixth on the list, I don't know. There's got to be. There's uh, got to be like two. There's got to be at least two I, guys I, still I, coaching. I am begging you to be quiet. Still coaching. The other uh, <laughs> coaches in the modern era, the Bob <laughs> Wins and Bob Knight, include Mike Shashevsky, Jim Beheim, Bobby Huggins, Jimmy Calhoun, Cliff Ellis, and Roy Williams. Mm-hmm. Roy Williams, nine hundred three wins. Bobby Knight, seventh at nine hundred two. But you're all over it. He was third, but he came third, in sixth. <laughs> no, I, because I thought you asked if there's any I, current I'm, day coaches I'm, I'm that have you. more wins than him. I am begging so you. I think, so I said if he's sixth on the well, list. Well, who do you think currently has more than 900 wins? I'm just curious. Well, I don't know. You could, there's maybe. nobody. Okay. There's okay. nobody. Everybody left. Uh, Krzyzewski's gone. Roy Williams is gone. Well, Calipari's still out there. Oh, you're right. But he has about 700-something. No, uh, there's nobody out there. And what's his name? Is still in Villanova, no? Who? Uh, Jay Wright? Jay Wright? He's long gone. Oh, he's long gone. And, he, and b- between his uh, stay at Hofstra and Villanova, he's nowhere near <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of wins. Well, like you said. Anybody no. else? You're like, you're like Dick Vitale, no. but like a torted Dick Vitale. <laughs> well, like you said, uh, <laughs> nobody really watches college basketball these days anyway. Right. That's sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peele. Spoilers go to Peele. You're an idiot. Well, <laughs> that was enlightening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See if I care. Anyway, sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peele. Spoilers go to Peele. Spoilers.com. Pavilion Techlist.com. Come to find a dealer near you. World's best spoilers, Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Yes, I owe the um, the state controller Tom DiNapoli an apology. First of all, I had no idea Tom listens every day. I'm, I'm getting more and more surprised by the amount of folks that listen to this show. It's just, it's unbelievable. We've never had anything like this, at least not for a very long time at WABC. Very long time. That's how well this show specifically is doing. But DiNapoli said he did, in fact, tell the New York Post that he was listening to Sid Rosenberg on WABC, but they felt the need to leave me out. So I apologize, Tom DiNapoli, and uh, thank you for listening. All right, Election Day coming up Tuesday, early voting now. Uh, Curtis has been talking about this young lady for a while. Look, we've endorsed 12 people in today's New York Post, me and Curtis, thanks to John, page 24. But there are two people in particular that are very dangerous. One is Justin Brannan. He's running against Ari Kagan, and the other is this Tiffany Caban. What a lowlife she is. Lowlife. And she's running against Kelly Klingman, Astoria, East Elmhurst, Woodside. Those are some of the areas. And Curtis loves her, so I love her. Making her debut on Sitting Friends in the Morning. Hopefully a winner on Tuesday, Kelly Klingman. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, for coming on you know, again, I just uh, had some harsh words for Tiffany, and I've got zero remorse for saying them. I mean, she's a really horrible person. She's kind of the mini-me, if you will. This is a Curtis Lee was saying, a mini-me of AOC. So let's start with some of the things that uh, she says, which I know are in direct contrast with what you care about. One of them is this shoplifting issue, which has become a major, major issue 
in New York, and she's got the balls, this lady, Tiffany Caban, to say the stores are lying about it. What are your thoughts on that, Kelly? I think it's disgusting. I'm the one who saw it on her Instagram page that she is following a study written by William Blair for Perfect Union, calling out retailers, telling them that they're covering up profit losses and they're exaggerating shoplifting. And I don't know if you've been in a store lately, but I think everybody in New York City is experiencing walking into a Walgreens and seeing somebody come in with a shopping bag, fill it up and walk out. So just to blatantly call out her constituents and then also call out these small business owners that have been through so much to say that shoplifting is a lie is disgusting. But I'm not surprised because she also put out a pamphlet last year telling kids not to like the police officers and not to trust police officers and that police officers are bad and they're nothing like you see on TV to kids. That is unbelievable. I, I remember those pamphlets. I uh, brought some of them in that she would run, and, and there are people that are going to vote for her. I mean, you're going to win, Kelly, but there will be people voting for this lady, once again, calling store owners. Let me take it a step further on the cops. Not only do people walk in with bags and walk out, Kelly, but I've experienced this. I cannot go to CVS and leave anymore in five minutes because it takes 25 minutes for the person to walk over after I ring the stupid buzzer just to get me some deodorant or toothpaste. So not only are people stealing stuff, but clearly there's an issue. Why else would these stores lock everything up? Why? I saw a man with a blowtorch. I did a video come into Walgreens. <laughs> no, come on. And, and he had a blowtorch, and he blowtorched the panels with all the locks on it and stole $500 of beauty products beauty products. So I don't know what root causes are causing him to need $500 of beauty products, but the blazon act of him just walking in and not caring with a blowtorch and walking out is, is something really scary in our city. Where was that? Because I know, again, you're, uh, you're in Queens. It was in Astoria. It was Astoria. in my district. Yeah. Yeah, I used yeah. to work. I used to work in Astoria when I worked for WFAN. We used to work at uh, Kaufman Astoria Studios. I know you know the place. So, yeah. I, I used to take the 59th Street Bridge uh, every day into Astoria, lovely neighborhood, big Greek neighborhood. And uh, yeah, what's going on there too? You're seeing all these things. And he talked about the cops with uh, Tiffany Caban, how she told kids that cops are bad people. You know, Brandon running against Ari Kagan. He uh, he actually voted to defund the cops by a billion dollars going back three years ago. He lies about it now. He lied to me. He lied to Rosanna Scotto. But he did that. I mean, why would anybody in this city, which is watching law and order evaporate, vote for somebody like Tiffany Caban, who once again is telling kids cops are bad? Why would they do that? They vote the Democratic Party line, and they do not know who they are voting for. People need to start going back to researching the candidate, voting for the person. It doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican, independent. The people of Astoria for a city council. City council is supposed to help with potholes, clean up the streets. Supposed to put, people want 
speed bumps. People want stoplights. People want their neighborhood taken care of. And, and what we have is a city council person who doesn't even have an office that's open, and she's out protesting every single radical cause at City Hall. She's never in the office. She's never in the district. She wants to not just get defund the police. She wants no police. She wants to abolish the police. She wants to close every single prison. She wants to put drug rehabilitation centers in every borough and not help the drug addicts when she does it. (laughs) She's not just against she's not just against law and order. She's for urban decay. You know, Kelly, uh, you said something moments ago, which has become it's not your fault. I'm not blaming you because a lot of people say it's kind of like a catchphrase. It's like. You know, it doesn't matter if it's Republican or Democrat or independent. It does matter. Curtis and I are endorsing 12 people on Tuesday. Guess how many are Democrats? Zero. Zero. It does matter. we got to stop with that nonsense. Oh, we just want good people. Let's be completely have an honest conversation. They don't exist on the Democrat side. It is the Democrats. Bail reform. Democrats, you know, all the issues in the city with defunding police, Democrats, drag queens reading to my kids, Democrats, defunding Israel, Democrats. We go on and on. Every major issue that I can't stand belongs to one party. So this idea that, hey, just vote for the common sense person. Kelly, let's be honest. Give me one Democrat where their philosophies, their policies make sense for this city. Give me one. Robert Holden. Now, you found one. I do like Bob Holden out of Queens. You're right. You're right. He is a common-sense Democrat. You found one. One. You have another? One. Nope. Yeah. So let's stop saying it doesn't matter what party. Here's what you got to tell people. Go vote Republican. Go vote Republican on Tuesday. Here's another example. Tiffany Caban says this. She tells female crime victims on the subway, stop crying. The subways are safe. Female crime victims, she's telling them to stop crying. Another Tiffany Caban big one. Well, she's also telling you that you can spill your soda on on a homeless person who's trying to attack you. Um, and that, that will stop them. You can distract them by talking to them about what college you went to, and that would stop them as well. Uh, That doesn't make me feel very safe. I want police on the subways. I want the mentally ill to be taken care of by our city, as they should. And I want everybody to go out on November 7th and vote, because low low voter turnout is killing our city. Only 20% of my district voted. Um, in the last local election. And this is an off-off election, so it is going to be even less people coming out. And We need every Republican in the district to come out and support and get rid of these radical people that are ruining our city. She's one of the most active people in city council, and she's active not for the district. She's active for radical policies that are affecting everybody in this city's everyday life. So I need people to go out and vote on November 7th, Sid. How do we do that? How do we get them out? Well, um, I can go to their house and physically threaten them. I'm a pretty big guy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Look, I I think 
I think New Yorkers are starting to see it. I do. Even Democrats. Again, very anecdotal, Kelly, but I do have some friends and family that for some reason are still Democrats. I'm trying to make them go the Dove Hikind and Tulsi Gabbard way and stop that nonsense. But they're sick and tired of what's happening in this city, too. So I believe that uh, the not, – no, I'm not talking about the radicals, the more moderate Democrats, if they exist, the independents. I do think that they've had enough. And I think Republicans are angry. So I do think the turnout will go well. I can tell you this. At the YMCA, where I work out every day yesterday in uh, Rockaway Beach, they had a large turnout, large turnout. And I'm in there with about 20 workers, and I'm yelling like a crazy person, vote for Klingman, vote for Vernikov, vote for Kagan. They never stopped me. They didn't tell me to be quiet. But we had a very nice turnout in Rockaway Beach yesterday. So that may be an omen for good things to come. Great. Well, listen, I wish you the best of luck. I do. I, I really despise Tiffany Caban. And uh, Curtis loves you and I love you. Kelly Klingman, Queens District 22. Go vote for her today. Certainly vote for her on Tuesday. She is far and away the better choice to restore some normalcy and law and order back in Queens and in New York. Kelly, good luck. Thanks, Sid. Take care. You too. Kelly Klingman right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. That wraps up hour number one, sets us up for a great hour number two. The man that has really endorsed Kelly Klingman from the very beginning, the icon, the legend, Curtis Lewa, and Judge Andrew Napolitano. Big 7 o'clock hour about to come your way. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 77 WABC. Oh, you're my best friend. Boy. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC.
Fanny. PG's happy birthday to Jules. Listens every morning. And Bill O'Reilly also loves this song, Fanny by the Bee Gees. All right, folks, he gets big, big ratings, noon to one. The Rip and Read every weekday afternoon. Also, weekend overnights. And arguably, not even arguable, does his best work sitting next to me every weekday morning right here. He's the icon. He's the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel Curtis Lewin. If you go to today's uh, New York Post, I want you to buy the physical paper. Don't go online. Buy the paper. Page 24, John Katz-Matidis with a nice plea urging you folks to vote. And then Curtis and Sid's list of pro-law and order candidates for city council. There's 12 of them. A lot of recognizable names. Ina Vernikov, Ari Kagan, and my last guest who Curtis has been endorsing for a while now, Kelly Klingman, running up against uh, Tiffany Caban. And I maintain the two most dangerous Democrats running Tuesday are Justin Brannon in Bay Ridge. Kagan's got to beat him. And this lowlife Caban, Klingman has to beat her. How do you think Kelly Klingman did that, Curtis? Outstanding. She brought to your attention what a lot of people didn't realize. The blowtorch shoplifter. <laughs> is that true? Is that a true story? It's true. I, look, I tell you the article. <laughs> you did tell me the article. It's right there on the border of Astoria and East Elmhurst. That is the Kelly Klingman district. It's also the area represented by AOC, all our crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who remember said, oh, shoplifters, they steal for a loaf of bread. Hey, oof. <laughs> so the point being is, the guy walks in with a blowtorch. Everybody's watching him. He takes all the locks off of all the locked-up items, all female, you know, products. What is he, a transgender? No. He's stealing them to sell them for money. And nobody did anything because this goes on in this city every day. And Tiffany Caban says, oh, it's all made up. Shoplifting is just so the people like our own John Katz and Matitis can make even more money. Are they? Is she crazy? Yes. That's why you got to elect Kelly Klingman. Anybody can walk the streets of the city and see all the shoplifting. In fact, now all the illegal aliens are realizing Wow, this is another great thing about America. You go in, you take whatever you want, you walk out, you don't get arrested, there are no consequences. And because we're illegal aliens, remember, we are untouchable. We can't be deported, we can't be arrested. So shoplifting goes on 24-7-365. So the uh, 12 folks that you picked, I mean, you're kind enough to include me on the list, and I do like all these people and will endorse all these people, but you really picked them. Martin Jeffcoat, Ari Kagan, Kelly Klingman, Christy Mamorado, Mike Rendino's sister, uh, Vicky Paladino, one of our favorites. You've got uh, James Ching, you've got Ina Vernikov, Ruslan Shama, Paul Rodriguez, Brian Robinson, Helen Q and uh, Bernard Chow. Now, Bernard Chow, I believe, my, my friend Lynn tells me, that uh, you and him are going to hold a rally together. He's running in Queens District 23, that you and Bernard will be uh, together at a rally at Creedmoor the night before Election Day. Is that true? That's right. He's been out with us for every rally to take down the tents and ship out the migrants at oh, Creedmoor. wait a second. That's the guy who starts with the off with the bull. That's right, Bernard <laughs> Chow. He's running for city council? Yes, against Linda Lee, missing in action. Has anybody seen Linda Lee out there? Oh, please. Oh, no. oh I'm going to play it safe. You know, prevent defense. She loves Eric Adams. Oh, Eric Adams. And by the way, Eric Adams has endorsed only two candidates, right? Mr. The city council never helps me. Who did he endorse? Justin Brandon, who like defunded him. the police. They don't like him. 
and powers of the Upper East Side no. who hates the police. So, hey, hey, Eric Adams, you claim the city council won't let you get more money for the police. How about endorsing candidates who are pro-police? Well, that is totally fair. Another fair criticism. But Eric, who is my friend, he's at the White House today with Joe Biden trying to figure out a way to get this city money. <laughs> <laughs> Such a dick sometimes. Wait. You know you really You are. heard Artie Idala, <laughs> your friend, who... Uh, who does everything for City Hall, he came on your program and said there'll be no money until after the presidential election. That's the agreement. Go ahead, deny that, Sid. R.E.I. Dowler ratted out City Hall and said the agreement is there will be no money for the city or the state until after the presidential election because Biden is going to win on the abortion issue. He did say that. Now, uh, should I be worried? I want want to get to other stories, too, here. But uh, there are a couple of ladies here that I really, really love. Ina Vernikoff, obviously, Brooklyn District uh, 48, and uh, everybody's favorite, Vicky Palladino in Queens in District 19. Should I be worried about their respective races? You, have to, be, you, you have to be worried about every race. Uh, every race? We're in unknown territory. There's such a low turnout that anything can happen. Anything is possible because there's nothing at the top of the ticket. It's not a gubernatorial year, a mayoral year, a presidential year. But before you go there, how dare you? I heard uh, Justin Ellick and yeah. others yeah. sliming, maligning the great Bobby Knight oh, with his me. red. I no, love what Knight. Justin Ellick was. Oh, Justin Ellick's a moron. Let me tell you something. We need to stack chairs on his gravesite, <laughs> all of us. Do you not realize? Let me take you back. Yeah. 2016, it was make or break between Ted Cruz and Donald Trump in the Indiana primary. Remember, it was the make or break primary. I remember it well. Who... Who was side-by-side with Donald Trump in Indiana? Who was side-by-side with Ted Cruz in Indiana? Mike Pence was with Ted Cruz. Correct. And Bobby Knight was with Donald Trump every step of the way. Donald Trump attributes his victory in Indiana, where he was then swept to victory in the Republican primary, to the late, great Bobby Knight. Well, then it makes sense, Curtis, that I found out about the great Bobby Knight's passing last night on... Donald Trump's Instagram. That's right. There was a picture of him and Bobby Knight. He talked about Bobby's wife, his kids, how much he loved them, like you just talked about, how we helped them win Every in Indiana. Every step of the yeah. way in Indiana. Yeah. And by the way, let me get in another plug for your great friend, another great appearance, Joe Benigno. This guy was a poli-sci graduate and proved it. This guy deserves a slot on the weekends here at WABC. There are some programs that put me to sleep. Some? This guy would not have to talk sports at all. He knows politics. No, but you got to talk sports, too. I'm, I'm tired of telling you. No, no, you. no, I understand. you got to do both. You they they do... would say, oh, we don't want a sports program. Well, Are well, you kidding? This well, guy knows politics. Well, he knows politics. He's just as enthusiastic about Donald Trump and the Republican Party as he is about the Jets. And I'm tired of telling everybody, just look at the numbers. I dwarf everybody. This station does very well. I congratulate John and Margo almost every day, but I double just about every show at this station. What I did to WOR this month in October, more than triple, a 1.6 to a 5.1. I know what the F I'm talking about. Well, you know it what? is good to talk sports yes. and other things. You can't bore people every day with the same topics. That's how you get a three. Well, you know, do yourself a favor. Lose that loser, Mike Lawler. Oh, my God. There he was on the floor. Oh, George Santos has to go. Come on already. Meantime, he takes the selfie with Jamal Bowman. That was bad. What a sanctimonious <laughs> hypocrite. 
Here's Bowman. I hate Israel. I hate Jews. He might as well have been burning an Israeli and American flag next to Mike Loyola. I don't want to hear that guy anymore. And then yesterday about George Santos, what a waste of time. Beat him in the primary. Put him out of our existence. Shut the hell up and do the business of being in Congress instead of trying to protect your tuchuses there, the Long Island contingent. Oh, they're going to run. They're going to say we supported George Santos, so we have to prove that we really hate George Santos. What nonsense. They should take all those energies and direct them. We've had these discussions on this station for weeks already. Direct them at expelling people like Rashida Tlaib and Elon Omar, Jew haters and America haters, rather than this creep George Santos. But while we're outing all these people, let me get to a guy that you worked with for many, many years. Oh, God. In fact, you guys enjoyed success. Curtis and Kubi till I screwed you. Ron Kuby, I told you a couple of weeks ago, I, for the first time ever, blocked him on all my social media, and I came to the really crashing realization a couple of weeks ago that he's a lowlife. Well, somebody sent me this yesterday, Ron Kuby, on his Facebook page. PSA, it is unlawful to post, paste, or tape any poster or handbill on most public property in New York City. Removing unlawfully posted material is akin to picking up litter and throwing it away. These are neutral principles that apply without regard to content. Just thought people should know. So what Kubi is saying is when you and I get angry, when these low-life pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, pro-motor people rip down pictures of the hostages, Ron Kubi is basically saying they're doing a good job. They're doing their civic duty. So how low can this scumbag let me, go? Let me get this straight. So when Ron Kuby eventually becomes uh, demented, uh, he's already demented, has dementia, and they put up a picture of him on a pole. Have you seen this man? Tear it down! Oh, did you see this kitty? Did you see this doggy? It's Mr. Terrigan! I'm Ron Kuby, right? I'm a curmudgeon. By the way, Ron Kuby was putting up anti-war posters all over the city, you know, against the Vietnam War. Uh, every time there was any kind of day of outrage, there was Ron Kuby supporting everybody's rights to put these posters up on, on the telephone poles, uh, on all the utility poles. What a sanctimonious hypocrite. Now he's an old curmudgeon. Oh, I don't want any posters. Let people put posters on polls. What is wrong with that? It's all a cover because he's a self-hating Jew. He should take well, a menorah and impale himself. He should take the menorah and I'll tell you what happened. He was a member of the JDL, every Jew with 22. He followed Maya Kahani. He did Ali in Israel. He was on a kibbutz. And then he discovered hashish in the Becca Valley with Palestinians. And the Israeli police arrested him. No way. Deported him and banned him from Israel for life. No way. Yeah, ask him. He'll tell you the story. So he was pro-Israel. He was on a kibbutz. Yes. He broke the law. They banned him. And now he wants our babies to die. That's right. He hates Jews. Impel yourself with a menorah. By the way, I want to give a high five. To all the great folks in Breezy Point last night, I came out, spoke to about 300. Again, the Sullivan Brothers lead in war and peace. And I fired up that crowd and said, hey, Eric Adams, you go to D.C. with the tin cup in your hand. A swagger man with no plan. I revealed the plan of how we're going to stop 
the illegal alien immigration invasion of Floyd Bennett Field. And it ain't going to be pretty, and it's going to be illegal, but I've helped close eight migrant centers in the city, and I'm looking at Floyd Bennett Field. I will not abandon you folks in Brooklyn and Queens, even though it seems everybody is saying, oh, there's nothing you can do. Oh, oh, what was me? Hey, Eric Adams. Get your butt back here. Do your job because you're the Biden of Brooklyn and you can't even get a nickel, dime, or penny from Joe Biden. You might as well be a concierge outside of a McDonald's saying, can you spare some loose change? What a disgraziata. What a shanda. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Smart takes the shot. And the hoses with three seconds. Go ahead. Nobody stopped the clock. Nobody stopped the clock. But the clock did stop at the one second mark. Syracuse with a timeout. Keith Smart with 17 points in the second half. Has moved the Hoosiers to within one second of a national championship. I took her out. It was a Friday night. I walk alone to get the feeling right. We started making out, and she took off my pants. But then I turned on the TV, and that's about the time she walked away from me. Nobody likes you when you're 23 And I saw more of you my TV shows What the hell is ADD? My friends say I should act my age What's my age again? So that was the Heath Smart shot that beat Syracuse and Jim Beheim and propelled Bobby Knight to his third and final championship at Indiana. Knight, of course, started at, um, at Army. And then he went on to coach Indiana and Texas Tech, won three national championships. 1976, his team blew out Michigan. It was a good team. Quinn Buckner at the point. Kent Benson went on to become the number one overall pick by the Bucks in the draft. Not nearly as good in the NBA as he was in college. But that was his 76 team. 81, of course, they went on to beat Carolina by 13, led by the great Isaiah Thomas, who was the number two pick in the draft behind Mark Aguirre out of DePaul. And then that shot there, 87, Keith Smart beating Syracuse. Those were the three big ones for Bob Knight, who did pass away yesterday at the age of 83. So I got a big night coming up tonight, Louis Arthur Rafino. Believe it or not, I am uh, coming back into the city, something I usually don't do. But, you know, I've become very, very friendly over the last couple of months with Keith Kantowitz, Mr. Power Express Mortgage. Come on, my best friends. I love them. And uh, Paul Carlucci, the man that used to basically run Fox News and the New York Post, we have these monthly dinners, and my dear friend Anthony Carone, I love Anthony, 
He's there for every one of those dinners. And Big Mark, I love him, Mark Oranger and Mark Simone and Mike Kemper, all of us. Well, tonight we'll all be together celebrating Keith along with the Reverend A.R. Bernard. It is the 2023 Humanitarian Awards Reception, the New York Board of Rabbis. <laughs> I swear to you. Beth and Steve Dorfman are the co-chairs. The party is at the Pierre Hotel. Oh, the very bougie and fancy Pierre Hotel. Jeez. And again, uh, the Reverend A.R. Bernard, who's on this station every Sunday with Rabbi Potashnik. I like A.R. I mean, he says some things that I don't like, I'll be honest, but I like him. And I love Keith Kantrowitz. And he's going to be honored later on tonight. So okay. You can come if you want, Lou. But Well, that sounds like a real big invitation that I got. Well, no one really invited you, but well, you can come with me if you want. You Because I need a lift anyway, so you can drive me. And then um, just put a jacket on. Okay, and, that's good. Good. We got to wear what you really wanted. A couple okay. of free beers. I'm, I'd like. That's... What do you care? The no. beer is going to be free. The food's good. The Pierre Hotel. So you, so you question, you answer, you invited me, and then you answered for me. Yeah, so that's good. What do you care? You're coming. That's right. You just bring me. Around. So you need to pick me up at about four thirty. Okay. <laughs> do you have a jacket that's at least pressed? I don't no, mean a jacket no, like no. a jacket you're wearing now, like a sport jacket. No, I think I knew what you meant. Thanks. No. I mean, I think I, you have one. You wore it to the uh, awards brunch at Chelsea Piers a couple of months ago. You, you can take mine that I'm wearing today. <laughs> yeah. By the actually, way, I don't. Actually, you could take mine, meaning Sid. You <laughs> take <mine>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if they serve beer or Manischewitz at this. Oh, thing. that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. So you might not want to go. They don't have any kosher beer, do they? Uh, I imagine they, they must, must have, have something. Beer, yeah. yeah, I'm not familiar with it, but well, anyway, congratulations to all. Sounding more and more riveting, Greg. <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> what you, it's going to be fantastic. I'm serious. Okay. All what right. Kind of, what kind of food? Well, you know what? Now you can't come. Now, now I'm disinviting you because well, Levi's going to take me. So. All right. That didn't take too long. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, congratulations to Keith Kantrowitz and the Reverend A.R. Bernard. Once again, the New York Board of Rabbis, they are receiving the 2023 Humanitarian Award and both guys absolutely deserve it. Luke had had gefilte fish tonight. Oh, yes. Is that, I, I imagine, now that you said that, like I went to a uh, big dinner a couple of weeks ago at Russo's on the Bay for the DEA, Paul Giacomo, and it was all Italian food. That's my favorite. But now that you said that, is this going to be like a, like a Jewish meal tonight? I don't know. No, listen, no one's more pro-Israel than me. Nobody. Okay, Nobody. Here comes the, and now the, the word that he hates is here. But. But. Yeah, but. It's my least favorite food. Right. Okay. Unless I go to the Mill Basin Deli. You know, I used to go to a place on King's Highway. <laughs> it was called Edelman's. And the guy, Anthony, ran the place. And my dad and I loved it there. They had the best corned beef, pastrami. And I don't like matzo ball soup. I find it boring like wonton soup. I told you before, if I go to a Chinese restaurant, I only get the hot and sour soup. And when I go to a deli, I only get kreplach. I can't stand matzo ball. It's boring. But um, the Mill Basin Deli does a good job. But I just it's not my favorite food, is, is I guess what I'm trying to say. So. All right, so no. it's what we're. I may actually, have to get pizza before. What we're, oh, really? Wow! Oh, can I still go, please? Shut up! I mean, you're actually talking your way out of it, so you better you find. No, I'm excuse. going. I, I'm excited to go. All my friends are there. I just mentioned all my good buddies, and I'm proud of Keith, and I'm happy for Keith. And it's going to be a great time. All right. You just, except you're not sitting at a big round table with your guys like you usually do. You know, I don't thing. even know where I'm sitting now that you say that. I have no idea. I could be sitting with, like, uh, you know, uh, Cardinal Dolan. Who think? knows? Wow. 
It's po- like, he'll be there tonight. You better get a list of questions for him. Right? <laughs> yeah, like like what? Like what quarterback should the Giants take in the? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Should the Knicks trade for Joel Embiid? What do you think, Cardinal Maybe you Dolan? Just bring Curtis. He'll have some questions for him. Yeah. You know, I should really be speaking at this tonight. Now that I think about it, the New York Board of Rabbis. I don't know how any. I don't. I don't know how you have any event run by Jews in this city today. Any event. I mean, I see stuff on Instagram all the time. They've got these Fakata events with no one, with people they've never heard of. I should be invited to everything. You know how many people, how many hundreds, I swear to God, I'm my dead father, who I miss terribly. You know how many hundreds and thousands of people have emailed me, direct messaged me, thanking me for being the voice of the Jewish people? How do you have any events in New York without having me speak, at the very least, if not show up? I don't get it. I can get you on. I'll I'll text Rabbi Potasnik right now. I don't need his help. (laughs) Well, he's the guy running it, isn't he? He's not running anything. His name is Ivan on the Invitation. I mean, I'm sure he's part of the New York Board of Rabbis. He's the head of the New York Board of Rabbis. I didn't even know that. You yeah. see that? <laughs> and, and you're the voice of the Jewish people. Well, I got, more, oh, I got a lot more power than Rabbi Potashnik. Let's be honest. I love Rabbi Potashnik. He's a super guy. But <laughs> yeah, but... Give me a break. Please. <laughs> no one's going to be able to have an event. You know, I got uh, Bar Mitzvah back in a uh, long time ago, 1984, at a Reformed temple on Avenue R in Brooklyn. And do you know that my rabbi, Fred Dworkin, Got in all kinds of trouble because Friday nights, Shabbos, after they had the uh, the service, and they went downstairs for the Kaddish, he had blackjack tables and escorts. I swear <laughs> to God, at the shul. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, That's great. Only, only you could have picked this life in your life that could be happening. Let me say this, Lou. Something. I was never more proud to be a Jew. <laughs> Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Just got a text from the beautiful Margot Katsimatidis. She really is beautiful, inside and out. She um, she was in uh, was on Long Island on Friday to see me and Bill O'Reilly with John. Had a chance, Margot, to see Danielle and Gabe. They love her, too. She said, WABC's got a big table at this huge event tonight. So there you go. I'll sit there. My friend Emily Pankow, the lovely Emily Pankow, was putting together a table as we speak. So we're going to be present tonight, WABC, at this big event for Keith can't you? It's an A.R. Bernard. So there you have it. All right. All right. My next guest, of course, is a media superstar. Fox News, all those years. I miss. Now he does a tremendous job with me. But I think his podcast, he emailed me yesterday. His podcast, which is a video slash audio podcast, demands about 8 million viewers. So we talked earlier about WABC would be smart to put Joe Beningo on weekends, and I still maintain that. Be very, very smart. Give him a show. May not be a bad idea to put Judge Napolitano on this station as well. In fact, it would be a great idea. Here he is, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge Knapp, good morning, buddy. How are you? Oh, good morning, my friend. How are you? I hope the cat man is listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me, let me say this. Him and Margo, him and Margo don't miss a second of my show. I can promise you that. Not a second. 
first of all, they have a major investment in your show. And secondly, your show is compelling. But thirdly, I'm showing up at that dinner wearing a sandwich board saying, let Sid speak. He's the voice of the Jewish people well, in New York City. What are they, crazy? You know, it's funny. You know, you say that, and um, it's good and bad. It's good in that, like I said, I've gotten thousands. I'm not exaggerating. Thousands of messages from folks thanking me for the courage. But i got to tell you, more than once this week, I reached out to Michael Kemper and Eddie Caban, these are the big cops in the city. And I said, I'm getting a little nervous. You know, after the FBI director, Christopher Ray comes out, and I've never seen this in my life. If God is good to me, Judge, I'll be 57 in April. For the FBI director to come out and say, quote, there has been a gap in our intelligence. You should be concerned. These are very dangerous times. And basically, don't be surprised if Hamas terrorists in New York do in New York what they did in Israel, for Rosenberg, the Jewish morning show host, I got a little nervous. Not going to lie to you. Well, I'm sorry we live in a world where we have to fear for our safety because we exercise the freedom of speech. But there are monsters out there. We know that. We saw what the monsters did uh, to the kibbutz team in, in Israel, and uh, we saw what the monsters did here on 9-11. You and I both lived through that. Uh, you, this, this is one of the reasons that Justice Scalia wrote, the late great Justice Scalia, that the right to keep and bear arms is a natural extension of the right to self-defense. Now, we don't have that in New York City, but we should. You know, my friend Jennifer Harrison sent me a picture yesterday. The um, She's a victim's advocate, New York uh, victim's advocate. Her boyfriend was murdered years and years ago, and she's never gotten any real restitution, any help from any of the public officials in this city, and she's frustrated. She showed me a picture of Roslyn High School. Roslyn is a gorgeous area, upscale, on Long Island. I know it very, very well. Daniela's worked in Great Neck and in Garden City in and around Roslyn. I've got family who lives right there, too. And uh, right. right there, the students are posting in school pictures on the blackboard of the uh, Hamas, uh, I guess, slogans and mottos. And right there, right in school in Roslyn, she asked me the question. She said, we have an attorney on tomorrow because it doesn't seem like that should be legal. Now, of course it is because I guess it falls under the First Amendment. But if you're a school and you're allowing that to happen, that's at the very least inappropriate, no? It's dangerous. Uh, but the First Amendment uh, tolerates danger. I mean, the, the freedom of speech uh, is the highest good and, and the most respected uh, aspect of our history. Uh, the teachers should teach right from wrong and teach morality, but they also have to teach the freedom of speech. So we're going to let so-and-so put this uh, statement up on the bulletin board, but what's wrong with it? And they should have a discussion. And if you explain right from wrong clearly and fairly, it'll be obvious what's right and what's wrong. And that vindicates freedom of speech, and it also sends uh, a lesson uh, to the kids. I think it also tempers uh, the opportunity for uh, violence. It is despicable that people would be putting up signs like that. Uh, but it's better that they have the right to do that than that the government is deciding what speech we can articulate and what speech we can't. Because the whole purpose of the First Amendment is to keep the government, whether it's a school teacher or whether it's Joe Biden or anybody in between, 
out of the business of speech. You and Curtis and Artie Idala and Joe Tacopina and Bill O'Reilly and I, we all make our living on the freedom of speech. The last thing in the world we want is the government to tell us what we can say and what we can't say. This is uh, Judge Napolitano, his podcast, Judging Freedom. Eight million views in October. Does a great job with me here every Thursday. There's a trial going on in Colorado, which I can't believe. They are trying to keep our mutual friend Donald Trump off of the ballot for that insurrection nonsense, even though we know for the millionth time January 6th was not an insurrection. So Colorado's, uh, the trial is now. There are two states that I guess are waiting to see what happens in Colorado. They may jump in, too. I spoke to Alan Dershowitz about this on the show a couple of days ago. He, he seems to think there are no legs here. What do you think? Well, I agree uh, with Professor Dershowitz. Now, here's the problem. The 14th Amendment says if you once took an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution, which everybody takes from a school board janitor to the president, and, of course, which Donald Trump took when, when he was inaugurated president, and then you gave aid and support to insurrectionists, you, you are disqualified from seeking federal office. For, that, that was ratified in 1868, right after the Civil War. For the 50 years following that, they kept you off the ballot if they knew or suspected that you had aided the Confederacy. They didn't require due process. They didn't require a trial. But as, as our sense of due process matured, as our respect for human rights got better, as we got into the 20th century, we stopped punishing people without a trial. So today it is inconceivable to me that Donald Trump could be punished, taken off the ballot on the basis of an allegation alone, an unproven allegation. So I don't think this is going, is going to go anywhere. It's an, it, and it's, it's not people that hate him. This whole movement was started by conservative, Republican, Federalist Society academics who came up with this crazy idea. Now, of course, the left has jumped on it because if they can keep Trump off the ballot in a couple of states, they can assure that Sleepy Joe can get reelected because he'll have no opposition in those uh, key states. And, and Colorado is a swing state. Uh, whoever runs for president is going to be campaigning in Colorado. But I don't think it's going to go anywhere because it's fundamentally unfair. The American public won't tolerate it, and the courts, the Supreme Court won't tolerate it either. Not surprising that despite the efforts of uh, guys like the Esposito, Lolita, and Garbarino on Long Island and others, you know, Cairo King, all of them, they want to get rid of Santos, and so do I, but... Uh, not surprising that he was uh, not expelled yesterday. The fact is he was duly elected, and there's not much they can do. And I've made the argument over the last couple of weeks, and I feel strongly about this, that uh, as much as you don't like Santos, he's not nearly as deplorable, good word, Hillary Clinton, as Elon Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and these Jew haters. I, I mean, if you want to expel anybody, those are the folks Congress should be really concentrating on, those Jew haters, more than Santos. But my fear is you can't get rid of any of them because they were duly elected. Is that right? Yes, you're 100% correct. So there's one caveat, and the caveat is that the Constitution says that each House of Congress, the House of Representatives and the Senate, can set their own rules. There is no rule that allows a person to be uh, expelled because of their biases, prejudices, hatreds, or because of allegations. Now, I share your views of those people in Congress who hate the Jewish people. 
but their constituents have the right to send them there if they want. And as despicable as hatred and hate speech are, they are protected by the Constitution. In terms of Santos, he hasn't been convicted of anything. This, this would be the moral equivalent of keeping Trump off the ballot on the basis of an allegation to kick him out because of these allegations. Yes, the evidence is there. Yes, the evidence is overwhelming. But due process says he's entitled to a trial, a fair trial before a neutral jury, not a bunch of political hacks that think that his presence there is harming them. So I'm glad that he prevailed in that vote yesterday. The vote never should have been taken. On the way out, Judge Knapp, uh, i got to tell you, one of the things that has really disheartened me in the news the last couple of weeks, and it comes from our own governor, Kathy Hochul in New York, she's a louse, to uh, horrible people like the president, Joe Biden, and his speaker there, Corrine Jean-Pierre. When a guy like uh, Ducey, for example, Peter Ducey, I love him, says to KJP, he says, you know, these kids on the college campuses, what they're doing is horrible. Anti-Semitism, they're making kids nervous. And she redirects the conversation to Islamophobia and the Muslims there has not been one example, Judge, not one of Islamophobia, Muslim issues on a college campus. Maybe there were a few dating back to 9-11 cabbies that were treated unfairly. But the truth is, this government, whether it's our city, our state, or in D.C., anytime we scream anti-Semitism, which is raging out of control with murders in the streets in countries all over the world, they feel this need to bring up Islamophobia, which doesn't exist. I'm pissed. They are, and Joe Biden is, afraid of the truth, and they can't articulate the truth. Every time that uh, woman... Uh, Jean-Pierre holds a press conference. Joe Biden's numbers go down in the polls. So let her <laughs> let her talk as long as she wants. And I agree with you on uh, Peter Ducey. I mentored Peter uh, for a long time uh, at Fox. I take pride in his work. His questions are terrific. He's fearless. He's courageous. And she can't answer. She doesn't even want to call on him. She can't answer what he says. Jimmy Jimmy Rosen. Um, from my buddy from Newsmax is the same. They, they don't want to call on those people because they ask the right questions and the, that the Biden administration doesn't want to answer. Good point. I used to uh, talk to James uh, quite a bit uh, when he was James Rosen, not your good buddy Jimmy Rosen, when he was at Fox News before he was. Yeah, I uh, all my time with you, my man. Yeah. No, he's a great guy, terrific guy. Anyway, you're uh, you're always great, and uh, congratulations on the monster success that you've been experiencing with the podcast. Eight million views is the real deal, Judge Knapp, and uh, we will do this again next Thursday. Stay safe and beautiful. Thank you so much. God love you, my man. And good luck at that dinner. I hope they let you speak. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's a judge. Andrew Napolitano, my friend Mark Oranger, just sent me a list. Uh, Noam, you'll be happy to hear this. Of all the rabbis that are on the board here for this uh, big dinner tonight, and uh, you were right, Joe Potashnik is uh, one of them. He's actually the executive vice president. The president is Rabbi Ellie Weinstock. I got a list of about uh, 20 rabbis, and I guarantee you, all of them, all of them, listen to me. Then again, who doesn't? <laughs> Bill O'Reilly, Rudy Giuliani, and Bobby Knight's guy. All those stories still to come. Let no woman or child go away tonight. Radio 77.
WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Donald Trump Jr. took the stand at the civil fraud trial that could determine the fate of the Trump family's New York real estate empire. Trump Jr., an executive vice president with the Trump Organization, said he was not in charge of accounting details at the company. The Trumps are accused of financial fraud, grossly over-exaggerating the values of their properties. A motion to expel New York Congressman George Santos failed in the House. The motion needed two-thirds of the House to pass. A group of five Republicans, who also represent parts of New York, led the charge. They called it a, quote, moral issue, saying Santos misrepresented himself to voters. Those five Republicans also face competitive races in 2024. In their 63rd season. for the Texas Rangers, champions in 2023. And now to some breaking news. Former Indiana Hoosiers basketball coach Bobby Knight has died at the age of 83. That's according to an online statement by his family. Knight was one of the most successful coaches in the history of college basketball. He won three NCAA national championships during his storied career at Army, Indiana, and Texas Tech. But he was also known as much for his fiery temper on and off the court. Knight was fired as head coach at Indiana after getting into a confrontation with a student. The rush to escape Gaza for hundreds of foreign nationals, including American citizens, who've been trapped in the war zone for more than three weeks. Today, the border crossing with Egypt was opened for the first time since the start of the war, allowing hundreds of foreign passport holders and some critically injured Palestinians to leave Gaza. Diplomatic sources tell CBS News that this first batch of evacuations was negotiated by Qatar in coordination with the U.S. The news comes as the war between Israel and Hamas escalates with a second airstrike on the Jabalia refugee camp in as many days. Israel says fighter jets hit a terrorist command and control center and killed several members of Hamas. The U.N. Human Rights Office says the strikes on Tuesday could amount to war crimes due to the high number of civilian casualties. All this as Israeli ground forces push deeper into Palestinian territory. An Israeli Defense Forces commander says troops have broken through Hamas's front lines and are now at the gates of Gaza City. In our area, a candlelight vigil held for the hundreds of people of Israel who were killed on October 7th. The organizers lit 1,400 candles for the 1,400 people that the IDF says were killed in the terrorist attacks in Israel on October 7th. We spoke to one New Yorker who survived that attack and said events like these are important to keep the memory of those victims alive. Remembering the victims and praying for the hostages. This is the purpose of vigil in Columbus Circle. It's being organized by the group pro-Israeli democracy. They say they do not want to let New York or the world forget what happened to civilians last month and the people who are still detained. Should have stayed were the signs I ignore Can I help you not to
I do too. Who cares if one more light goes out? That's a great song, a beautiful song by Lincoln Park. And in fact, uh, what is Bennington's uh, first name again, Lou? We did this two hours Chester. ago. Chester. Chester Bennington, who was the lead singer of that great group, Lincoln Park, and that beautiful song. He's dead. He actually killed himself. He was so despondent when his dear friend from Audio Slave and Soundgarden, Chris Connell, killed himself. But not, not long after Chris did that, Bennington killed himself, too. He was so despondent over Cannell's death. Those are two guys, both, as Lou pointed out earlier, great-looking guys, both of them. And certainly they can both sing. So who cares if one more light goes out? I do. And it was nice to see New Yorkers 
gathering around Columbus Circle last night with that candlelight vigil for the Israelis uh, that have been murdered and uh, passed away since that horrible day on October the 7th and continue to die as the war escalates into Gaza, where the Israelis now have made it through kind of that, um, I guess, what would you call that, Noam Layden, the the initial stage, the front line? How would you how would you describe what the Israeli army has been able to accomplish? Uh, I think they've gone further than that. They're really on the verge of being in Gaza City. Uh, you know, they told everybody to get out of the north, and they've made their way towards there with not a ton of resistance. I mean, there has been some but maybe not as much as they have expected. There have been casualties, of course, on both sides, but um, they've gotten in pretty far already. That's good news. All right, we got uh, two amazing guests about to come your way. Bill O'Reilly, there's not one segment on WABC, not one show, not all week long. That gets better ratings than O'Reilly and Rosenberg, 840 every Thursday. So Bill's going to be here, and then we can only pray. We can only pray that my dear friend, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, shows up because there's a history of not. And he was supposed to be on yesterday, and now it's today, and something tells me he's going to call tomorrow. But if he yeah. doesn't, we'll talk to Rudy. Yeah, something's telling me that, too. Let's, are we going to take bets? What do you think? Does Rudy come, does he call in or no? What do you think? Is it I'm asking first, you, though. To yes. me first. Yeah. Uh, I say no. You say no. I, I just think something's going to happen. Okay. I don't, well, I'm, I mean, not, uh, I'm not giving a blank. No, I mean, history supports you. What about you, right. Justin? I think he will. Okay. Uh, Noam, you? When did we schedule this? <laughs> no, we didn't schedule anything. What's funny about this is how this happened was Rudy right. reached out to Justin. Yeah. We didn't reach out to Rudy, and Rudy said to Justin, and I quote, I have to tell you, Sid is doing an amazing job with Israel, and I just want to come on and tell him that. And Justin was like, how about tomorrow? And Rudy was like, great. Mm-hmm. And that was days ago, so maybe <laughs> yeah. not doing such a good job. <laughs> but it was because he called yesterday, yeah. as we predicted, you know, an hour and a half later than he was supposed to. Right. And I said, listen, we'll do 9, 10 a.m. tomorrow. Plenty of time to wake up, right? And I repeated that. Same exact thing right, three right. times. He's going to be here. Don't worry huh. about it. Right. <laughs> so, so, I, I, I agree. Yeah. And then, according, according to Sid, I called the mayor of that. Yeah, you shouldn't have done that. So Bill O'Reilly, Rudy Giuliani, and more. Who knows? This is a Thursday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Boy. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Is Joe Biden cognitively, mentally, 
strong enough to be our president, Mr. Speaker? I think every American uh, feels the same way we do. You heard gasps in the room. It's painful for us to watch. I think it's very dangerous. I think everybody can draw their own conclusion from that. This is a dangerous time on the world stage. We have to project strength. And projecting weakness uh, invites the wolves. And so we know that, and that's why it's so, it's, it's so difficult for us to watch that. Congressman Emerson. I'm going to try to be kind, Sean, but uh, like every professional athlete, and we have some that are in the room, sometimes they stick yeah, around. Burgess Owens, he's a pretty good Burgess player. Burgess Owens, there's one of them. <laughs> but sometimes, Sean, they stick around a little too long. They stick around after they've a lost a little, little speed, lost a little, a little too long. A little, you're very, yeah, that I, was gracious. Yeah. Um, Congresswoman? Joe Biden is unfit to be president of the United States. And I think whether you're Republican, Democrat, or independent, the American people understand that. Does it not put emphasis on why all of you uniting in leadership is even more important? Absolutely. Yes, it does. Sean, Xi's watching this. The Ayatollah's watching this in Iran. Putin's watching this. Is it any surprise they're all moving against our allies right now? They see this weakness. By Sean Hannity last night, courtesy of Fox News. He had Steve Scalise, Elise Stefanik, Tom Emmer, and the Speaker, Mike Johnson. Oh, look who's calling, Woody Giuliani. I swear to God, line six. You got the day right, just the time way off. So nice job uh, by... Yeah, he's close. Nice job by by Sean Hannity. Once again, I want to uh, tell you folks to go buy the paper today. Buy the physical New York Post. I know a lot of you read it online, so do I. Every day at nypost.com. But I want you to buy the physical paper because you're going to see on page uh, 24 this big, beautiful color ad put together by uh, my man John Katz Matidis, the great John Katz. Picture of John, it reads, my priority is to keep New Yorkers safe. Vote for law enforcement. Election day is Tuesday, November the 7th. For more info, please visit wabcradio.com slash NYC vote. Then there's a nice picture of me, which was taken, remember this picture, believe it or not, from the set of the, what was the name of that show? Me and Bernie were on it. It was Eric Bowling, Kat Timpf, and Ebony K. Williams, the specialists. That's where this picture was taken. A picture of me and a picture of Curtis, and it reads, Curtis and Sid's list of pro-law and order candidates for a city council, and then uh, Jimmy Capsalis does a great job with this, 12 pictures of the folks we want to win. We're endorsing Bernard Chow, Queens District 20, Martin Jeffcoat, Queens District 26. Here's a big one. He's got to win. Ari Kagan, take out that scumbag Justin Brannon in Bay Ridge, Kagan, Brooklyn, District 47. This lady joined me earlier today. She's also running against a very dangerous person, Tiffany Caban. We're endorsing Kelly Klingman. She's out of Queens, District 22. Christy Marmorado, Mike Wendino's sister. She's in the Bronx, District 13. One of her all-time favorites, the great Vicky Palladino. She's in Queens, District 19. Then you get Helen Q in Manhattan, District 1. Brian Robinson in Manhattan, District 4. Paul Rodriguez in Brooklyn, District 36. Ruslan Shama on Staten Island, District 49. Yu Ching Pa, they call him James, Queens, District 20. 
and a good friend of mine out of Brooklyn District 48, Ina Vernikov. So make sure you vote, folks. I was uh, happy to see at my gym yesterday where they have a voting center downstairs. Lots of folks were voting. It was dead the first couple of days, but early voting seems to be picking up, all leading up to the big day Tuesday, Election Day. And to my friends out there who are sick of this city, sick of the crime, sick of the bail reform laws, sick of the dirt and the filth and the subways and all this stuff that I hear complaints about every day, which are all there because of Democrat policies, all of them, all of them, go out and vote. You want to change it? I'm all for it. Go out and vote. And don't listen to the folks who are being very, very nice and giving you that nonsense. It doesn't matter if it's a Republican, a Democrat, or independent nonsense. That is nonsense. It does matter. You must vote Republican. I ask people every day, give me one common sense Democrat. Give me one. And they give me one. Bob Holden, I agree, in Queens. That's it. That is it. These city council races, the 12 Democrats running against the people me and Curtis are endorsing, are degenerates, lowlives, losers, destroying the fabric of New York City. Besides the mayor, Democrat, the governor, Democrat, the president of the United States, Democrat, it's all falling apart. All falling apart. Don't go vote for common sense anything. Just vote Republican. You hear me? Just vote Republican. There's not three parties. There's not common sense folks out there. Nonsense. Republican. Because we don't want bail reform. We want broken windows and stop and frisk. We don't want catch and release. We don't want open borders. We don't want drag queens leading to our children. We don't want transgenders being treated better than our veterans, than our veterans. We don't want pro-Palestinian rallies and sympathizers. We want Israel to wipe them off the face of the earth. We don't want high taxes. We don't want crime. And we didn't have it. Just like Donald Trump in Sioux City, Iowa said just three days ago, three years ago, there was none of this, none of this, none of it. And he's Republican. So don't vote for Commons blah, vote Republican. You want to save this city in 2023. You want to save this country in 2024. It's simple. Vote Republican. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. You're my best friend. 77 WABC. You know, I'm still um, experiencing a high from that show that Bill O'Reilly put on. He was kind enough to join me to come. Asked me to join him, I should say. New York State of Mind last Friday, Huntington. Beautiful Paramount Theater. Doyle Brothers did a great job. Folks, he was the best, so still is the best. He'll always be the best, whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights on WABC Radio or his own amazing website, great interviews and columns and TV show, BillOReilly.com. Nobody does it better. The Killing Series is Killing It, Killing the Witches, the latest in that amazing uh, round of books. So here he is, folks, my favorite, and the guy who gets the biggest ratings of any segment on WABC, Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. 
You know, I got uh, seven minutes of the show posted on BillOReilly.com. Oh, you do? Yeah, I'm not going to do any more than that um, because it's not fair to the people who came, um, you know, spent money to see us. But the reaction I'm getting, everybody says the same thing. We didn't know Rosenberg was that tan. (laughs) I say, yeah, you got to see it in person. He makes George Hamilton look like Dracula. I mean, this guy has got the tan. You know, I'd be in a coffin if I uh, would do what you do, because I have that Irish skin, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's horrifying. The sun just laughs at me and mocks me. And it's funny, because you spend so much time... On the beach in Montauk over the summer. So not, much time. Not only that, but when I was a kid, an urchin, I was a lifeguard for the town of Babylon and wow. a water safety instructor. And back then, uh, there wasn't any sunblock. In fact, the idiots had aluminum foil to reflect the sun onto their face. I did that. Yeah, I did you that. Know, you yeah. did, of course. You did. <laughs> yeah, I had one of those, yeah, the visor things. I mean, it was insane. But now, I mean, uh, every uh, three weeks I have to go to the dermatologist yeah, and get a yeah. toe cut off or something. No, I know. It's it's crazy. Crazy. I know. And plus, didn't you also, you lived in Miami for a while, very hot down there. I lived in there. Miami for two years uh, and, and, you know, was out all the time, and that didn't help either. No, I know. Um, but, you know, look, different people can, can absorb different things. But... Um, we got really positive reaction, which is important to me and you, I know, because if folks come out and they see you and they spend money to uh, spend some time with you, you want them to have a good experience. And I think across the board that happened. And if you want to check it out, BillOReilly.com is a place to do it. Oh, I know it uh, went well because there is a clamoring, there is a clamoring for you and I to do it again. Uh, yeah, well, we're looking at a, a few things, yeah. and uh, hopefully that will uh, come to fruition. Cool. So this morning, you're, uh, you're every morning I listen, just so you know, I read your morning column. I listen very intently at 725 to 730 on this show to your morning message. And I loved your message this morning. You were talking about Trump. And basically that there's about five competitors left. And you mentioned uh, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek, yep. Tim Scott, and fat, stupid Chris Christie. And, uh, and then, Your words. I don't think I intend. No, you, I that the message. I'm that sorry. Stupid Chris Christie. Yeah, I actually added that myself. But but then you went on to um, kind of tell the reason why with each one, even Nikki, who gave some credit to, why with each one they don't stand a chance and yes. that Donald Trump is going to win, right? It's very important that people know uh, how the system works. And and. So I wrote the message on BillOReilly.com, and anybody can read that. You don't have to be a premium member or anything like that. And I basically said, look, if the uh, primaries are held tomorrow and they're two months away, can you believe they're two months away? Right here. Um, It's just really steaming up. That Trump would just walk away with it. I mean, there's no competition. It's not because the competitors are so bad, although – I agree with you about Chris Christie. The only thing he's got is I hate Trump more than anyone, so vote for me. I don't know if that's enough, Governor. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Um, So uh, they're not uh, bad people, and they're not uh, people who are incompetent. I mean, DeSantis runs the state of Florida very well, but he's boring. He's Millard Fillmore. Okay? Remember Millard? Nobody remembers him. He was president. All right. And he was boring. Very, very boring. And DeSantis, I I don't know why he doesn't have a media coach or and he doesn't really understand the dynamic of what you have to do 
to get people engaged and interested in you, which is absolutely imperative to be the president of the United States. And Trump is a genius at that. Unfortunately, Trump does it both ways. So while he's got a very strong MAGA support, he's also got people who wouldn't vote for him if Joseph Stalin were running against him. Uh, You know, and so, uh, you know, that's a works for and against him. But with all the Republicans, it's almost impossible to dent the MAGA shield because of all of these prosecutions against Trump, which the Republican base feels, and I agree, are mostly BS, corrupt, and designed to shut him up. And so they'll say, well, I don't really like Trump all that much, but I'm not going to let these guys win. So the more they go after Trump, the stronger he gets. There's nobody come up against that. Now, if I were Trump, I'd put Haley on the number two. Um, I don't particularly like the governor. I know her a little bit. I think she's imperious, word of the day, which means she uh, kind of has an exalted opinion of herself. Very similar to Hillary Clinton in that in that personality trait. I mean, she's kind of, well, I'm really above everything. Uh, I don't really like that in a politician. I, I want somebody down with the folks. Nikki Haley is not down with the folks. And while she's very smart and knows the world, she hasn't caught traction because the folks kind of sense that. Um, and Trump is down with the folks. Like oh, yeah. Guy. It's just, you know, if I uh, were Melania, I'd slip a little uh, a little sleeping potion into his into his diet coke, you know, just so he couldn't tweet during the night. You know, just knock him out for eight hours. <laughs> the guy's up at four in the morning, and you know, there's nobody else up at that at that time. He's running around the White House. It's full of ghosts. He's talking to Teddy Roosevelt, whatever he's doing, and he's just getting teed off and teed off and teed off. You know, because he puts on cable news, which drive anybody insane, um, and then he starts with the tweeting. But uh, anyway, the um, there's no competition, and there will not be any competition. No. I mean, this, this debate next Wednesday, does anybody care about the debate? I, I didn't even know there was another debate. And I have to tell you that I've been saying this for the better part of six months. Not that I'm Nostradamus. I'm not even the smartest guy in the room. But I came to the crashing conclusion a long time ago, not two months before, seven months before. It was over. I mean, Ron DeSantis was the one person, the one person that you thought had a shot. And by the time he jumped into the race, Donald Trump beat him up so badly, it was like like a fight, a boxing fight, where the guy is TKO'd in the first round. And once he's gone, it's over. It's done. Well, as I said, I don't know DeSantis. I've never spoken to him. He's not particularly interested in what I have to offer, which doesn't bother me at all. I mean, um, you know, you mentioned Nostradamus. We we left him a VIP ticket at Huntington, uh, you know, just so he can get ahead of the curve here. But, you know, DeSantis, when he goes on TV, does anybody go, ooh, i got to hear what Ron no. DeSantis – does anybody do that? No. No, no. So you've got to you really have to combine what they call theater arts to your presentation. That's why you and I are successful, because not only um, 
are we in per? I, I'm a boring guy. You're not, but I and in person, I mean, you would just say, "I got to get out of here with this O'Reilly guy. He doesn't drink." No, 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 not, do no, 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 no. I've been to Nick games with you, Met games, had dinners at Peter Luger. You're very engaging. Well, very. I mean, yeah, but generally speaking, I don't confide in a lot of people. I'm anyway, but. You got to have an element of showbiz now in America. You just have to, um, and and he has none of that, DeSantis. No, none. You're right. And and you yeah. can get trained to do it. There are people who can come in and say, "Hey, you know, wave your arm here," or uh, say, "Put it this way," and mm-hmm. get a little mm-hmm. passionate about it. Yeah. But when I see him on TV and the, and the interviewers, he's all they say. With Ron DeSantis, is, you can't beat Trump. You know you can't. You're <laughs> yeah. not doing well. Right, you, you right. know, you're stupid. You yeah. can't. I mean, and he's sitting there. I wouldn't take that for a second. I go, how right. do you know, you pinhead? You know, go right back at him. Don't, you know, liven it up here, Ron. There are people like my wife who says, quote, you can't teach what he needs. So who knows? Um, the fact is it's over. That's a fact. It's not an opinion. It's over. Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. Let's get to Biden now. So Biden uh, goes out there, and, and everybody's saying the same thing. You know I'm angry. You know already, Bill, I've told you a couple times, this support from Biden for Israel, it is the most lackluster, tepid support I've ever seen because, again, I maintain his administration, even his days of Obama, are complicit because of their relationship with Iran. And now Biden continues day after day. He goes, well, I don't want to ceasefire, but I want to pause. Yeah. Well, listen up, stupid. A pause is a slower ceasefire. And I'm going to tell you this right now. There's not a million and one chance that Netanyahu is going to slow down even a little until he wipes every animal off the face of the earth. So if Joe Biden is so pro-Israel, what do you mean you want to pause? What is that? Okay, so uh, if you tune into WABC Radio tonight at 9 o'clock, I'm opening Common Sense with a very true thing about Joe Biden. And everybody should understand this. He doesn't care. A friend of mine, not close, friend, distant friend, uh, young daughter, mid-20s, died of fentanyl last week. Sorry. Okay? She had a daughter, three years old. Oh, God, sorry. Yeah, okay. For three years, Joe Biden has allowed record amounts of narcotics to flow into this country, killing hundreds of thousands of Americans. He has done not one thing to stem that flow or the flow of millions of migrants. In fact, he sends his minions out to say there's no problem at the border. It's secure. We've heard it a million times. He does not care how much fentanyl, how many young girls die, doesn't care. Done nothing, not engaged. Massive spending. Biggest spending president in the history of this country by far, including World War II expenditures. Okay? He's going to bankrupt the country. Every economist knows it. He doesn't care. Israel Hamas could not care less. I mean, that's how I feel. I mean, and look, by the way, Israel did have a pause. They waited around two weeks, and some of that was gathering intelligence to find the hostages. I understand that, plus what's really going to be a brutal ground incursion. But some of that was they were paying heed to Biden's advice, so they did actually pause for this creep. Well, look, if you want to have a pause to remove American citizens or if Hamas agrees to release hostages, then I would do it. But you have to have that assurance first, right? 
You can't just pause and hope that Hamas will cooperate. If Hamas says, we'll get four days of humanitarian aid in there to treat our wounded, and in return, we'll release every hostage and let all the Americans come out, I'd do the pause, and so would you. Right? 100%. Okay. That's what has to happen. You don't just say, ceasefire, pause. The other side that started the war has to guarantee things before there's a pause. Which they'll never do, ever. But that's far too complicated for Joe Biden (laughs) to absorb. You see, people think that I'm exaggerating here. I'm not. He doesn't care, number one, about any of these issues because he could take action to mitigate. And number two, he can't grasp complicated situations. He just can't. He's not mentally up to it. And, you know, you you look at people and you tell them that, and if they're Democrats, they just won't accept it. They simply just won't accept it, no matter how many things you say. And I'll, I'll say this once again. If you're president of the United States today, you sign an executive order saying you're going to pause all requests for asylum for a year. That stops it. And that anybody requesting asylum on our side of the border gets sent immediately back to Mexico. Every single person. That's how you stop it. And therefore, you, you'll cut it like Trump did in his last year to 400000 and less. Less than that. That's not hard to do. Executive order does it. He doesn't care. And spending, you want to send all the money to Israel? All right, offset it by saying we're going to pause hiring these IRS agents which are only being hired to terrorize small business owners and wage earners. They're not going to get the big guys. The big guy's got 50 lawyers. But he's not going to cut anything. Joe Biden has not cut one penny. As I said, the biggest spending president in history. He doesn't care. He'll be dead by the time the dollar collapses. And I don't say that with malice. It's not going to collapse overnight, but it will. You can't run a $35 trillion debt, which is what the country has. You've got to start to cut it. He won't. Am I being clear to everybody out there? I'll come to your house. All right? Send Sid your your address. I'll come to your house and make that presentation if you have people that are still supporting Biden. I wish you would, Dr. Bill. I mean, the, the, the unfortunate part is, is that the overwhelming majority of my audience agrees with you and I and knows that you're making all the sense of the world. I mean, I do believe that I've got a, a few, maybe a fair amount of independence. And if this word even exists, common sense Democrats out there, but, you know, it's not like the folks that are running to NPR are coming over to me. And those folks maintain the same thought, which is Joe Biden is bad. But he'll never be as bad as Donald Trump. Therefore, he's not all that bad. But there are a lot of apathetic people listening to us right now. And I'm being brutally honest here. They may agree, but they're not proactive in the agreement. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. So if everybody saw what was really happening, 
then the tide of public opinion, which has turned against Biden, his approval rating is below 40. It 37%. 37%, Bill. Yeah. So, but there's still 37% of think he's doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you, you just, uh, when I hear that, I just look at people going, do you not know anything? And the answer to that, unfortunately, is no, I don't know anything. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I don't want to know anything. All I want to do is go on my cell phone and and drink uh, bourbon at night. That's all That's I want to do. Right. Watch the yeah. Rangers and the Diamondbacks and hate Trump. That's it. Hate Trump is a sport in this country. Did anybody watch the World Series? I think I watched Nobody. five pitches. Nobody watched I, didn't, I didn't even watch five pitches, and I love baseball. It's my favorite sport. You and I go yeah, to Met games. Um, I don't I, care. I don't know. I didn't know any of these guys. No. Um, it looked like the Dominican Republic team <laughs> playing. <laughs> I actually, well. <laughs> I actually <laughs> dubbed this World Series, and it's not their fault. It's because of Joe Biden. Here we go again. The border issue. Arizona and Texas, the cartel yeah. World Series. Well, look, I mean, I, I heard that 10,000 people uh, last night in the Diamondback Stadium applied for asylum. <laughs> there was a little concession stand right next to the hot dogs. Asylum here. You know, the guy was in there. Asylum here. Who wouldn't wants surprise asylum? me. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, of course, we know the last time Arizona was in the World Series was that epic defeat of the Yankees right after 9 11, 54 days. one of those games, and I ran into Francesca. And uh, the Mad Dog, right? Yeah, the Mad Dog. Yeah, and uh, I ran into them in uh, in Phoenix, and the, the conversation was. I don't really remember, but I think I made fun of them, and they didn't like it. That's funny. Yeah, Dog is uh, back in Phoenix this weekend, of course, when John McCain was alive. I did pay more attention to Arizona sports. I am friendly with Carrie Lake now. But anyway, no one cared about that. But uh, this is another amazing segment. And give me uh, give me something good on BillOReilly.com. Killing the Witches, what do we got going on here? You know, Killing the Witches is uh, doing so well. We're up about 200,000 copies in a little more than five weeks in the wow. marketplace. And uh, it's really worth it for people to uh, check that book out. If you read Killing the Witches and then read Killing England, which is the Revolutionary War and how we booted out that dopey king, um, you really will have a foundation of what this country is. And, and you will increase. And it's fun to read those books. So we got a lot of uh, stuff. We got a big Christmas store, Hanukkah store going on on BillOReilly.com. We'll save you a lot of money on, on gifts and things like that. And uh, it's always good to talk to you. I look forward to these Thursday chats with you, uh, Rosenberg. You know what I mean? I do, too. It's my highlight of the week. I'm being completely honest. My highlight of the week is Thursday with you. So thank you so much. I love you. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. All right, have a good weekend. My man, Bill O'Reilly, right there. The best, the best ever, and the best in the business today. BillOReilly.com. Check him out 9 p.m. weeknights. Right here on WABC. That's a great man. we got another great man coming up. They're after this guy, too, like they're after my friend Donald Trump. But he remains strong. And um, his opinion is there's been nobody better in this Israel conflict than me. And there's no better way to get on the show with Sid Rosenberg than to butter me up, which is exactly what Rudy Giuliani did. Rudy Giuliani's coming up next. Come on, baby. Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. All right. 
I just heard from Andrew Giuliani, who joins me every Friday. Andrew will be on 740 tomorrow morning. He does a great, 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 great job. So according to Justin Ellick, Rudy Giuliani reached out to him unprovoked to tell him that he really appreciates my coverage of what's going on in Israel. And if that's true, I'm I'm beyond humbled. I'm coming from a guy like Rudy. You know how I feel about Rudy, guys. I mean, I love him. America's mayor. He's a super guy. I know Rudy very, very well personally. He's just a super, super guy. But the greatest politician in the history of New York who has been, like my friend Donald Trump, unfairly persecuted, prosecuted, and they're trying to destroy his life, but he won't let it happen because he's Rudy. I mean, if 9-11 didn't kill him, nothing will. So with that said, here he is, America's mayor, and a star here, mind you, 3 o'clock every afternoon, my dear friend Rudy Giuliani. Good morning, Rudy. Sid, how are you? And I'm glad that uh, I got the opportunity to say this. You, you, you know, Sid, um, there are times in which certain people have to step forward and become symbols of things because people are so depressed. And whether you're Jewish or you love uh, Israel or you love the Jewish people or you're just a kind, decent person, uh, we're going through a terrible, terrible episode of anti-Semitism. I mean, a lot of people think this is just all about uh, Arab, Israel, whatever it is. But there's a whole overtone here of anti-Semitism also, meaning this would be half of what it was if it wasn't the fact that people got to pick on their ancient uh, a, a, a nemesis in their crazy heads, the Jewish people. I mean, this predates Christianity. When I was a kid, Sid, I, I grew up in a neighborhood that was Italian, Irish, and Jewish. And I used to feel guilty because some of my best friends were Jewish. I used to feel guilty about anti-Semitism because I thought, well, it came from Christianity uh, because of Good Friday and the pogroms that used to take place in Eastern Europe. And then, when I, of course, I started reading history, and I realized it went back a thousand years before Christianity. I just said, well, Christians are just uh, one of the people that, that have, have had this sickness. I've never understood it completely. I thought we were over it. I did. I, naively, there was a point at which I thought, gosh, this is really going away. People don't think that way anymore. I think it's worse than ever in my lifetime. Uh, I, I mean, I wasn't uh, quite alive for the Nazi thing, but in, in, in my lifetime, in, in, in this world, I've never seen a, a breakout of irrational hatred. I mean, uh, a, a group of people get slaughtered by a group of animals, heads chopped off, babies killed, women raped. You can see the pictures. Nobody's making it up. This isn't propaganda. We know, you know it's true. Because, you know, the group is a terrorist group designated all over the world. Every, even, some of the, even some of the left-wing crazy countries designate them terrorists. And the sympathy goes to the other side? Hmm. There's something wrong with those people. I mean, it, those people need uh, psychiatric help, I think. No, it's hard to believe. And I have to tell you, watching Christopher Ray Woody a couple of days ago, uh, if God is good to me, I'll be 57 in April. I don't ever remember a time, even you, after 9-11, where a lot of us were scared to death for months. We thought we'd get hit again. But you were so confident, made us feel so much better. I've never in my life seen an FBI director basically say, not basically, he said it. Yes, there are gaps in our intelligence. Yes, they're here. 
Yes, what happened in Israeli homes can happen in New York. Yes, you should be concerned. Yes, this is a dangerous time. That was the FBI director, Christopher Ray two days ago. All that does is put a huge emphasis on what you just said. And by the way, if yeah. they were busy doing their job, doing their job, instead of pulling Ricos on Rudy Giuliani in Georgia and trying to put Donald Trump away every single day, we may not be in this position. Yeah, that was a terrible admission from the guy who's supposed to protect us against that. I mean, sure, he should give you a warning, but it should be uh, surrounded by a truthful statement of all they know, all they've done. Uh, I remember when I talked about September 11, I tried to be uh, very truthful about the fact that we faced other attacks. But I said, you, you know, you've got the best police force. You've got the best FBI uh, uh, police uh, joint terrorism uh, squad in, in the country. I worked with them for 12 years. Uh, nobody's perfect. We're not perfect. Something could happen. But you should know you've got the best working for you right here. He can't say that because he's far from the best. But the point of my call was you've taken a leadership role here. It's important to do that. People need to look to certain people to get through something like this. And you've been very strong, and you've been very, very clear, very direct, and it, it, it's, and you have a very big audience, and then they have word of mouth beyond that. And you're doing a really value. This may be one of the most important things you've done, and uh, it's really needed. Because we're, uh, this is this is I'm not exaggerating. We're going through a you know, I'm not we're going through a terrible period. This is one of them. Yeah. You think of all the other things that are going on internationally. My goodness. So I was at Mar-a-Lago last night for the for the opening of Denisha's uh, movie. I couldn't see most of it because I had to come back and do a show. But um, uh, Maria saw it. And several of her friends, they said it's wonderful, mm. uh, wonderful and scary as hell yeah. about yeah. police state. Well, I will tell you that you just made me cry a little bit because I never uh, somebody well, was, well, you know, well, but if somebody would have said to me, Rudy, after 9-11, that Rudy Giuliani was going to call me one day and tell me that I'm doing a great job in a very important and dangerous time. Yeah, and he appreciates really that. I mean, beyond, I, this is beyond uh, this is beyond all of us. It's beyond you, me, ABC, uh, uh, the president, Trump. <laughs> I mean, Trump has become uh, – he wasn't there last night because he was uh, campaigning. But I've told him several times, uh, he's become much more important than himself. <laughs> he has. I no, mean, there's no question. I mean, it's not about Donald Trump anymore. He's, no. I mean, when you think – he's the one guy, really. And there are some very great people. But he's the one guy we can be sure can get us out of this. Some of the others might, but we'd be gambling. Uh, we know he can get us out of it because he, he went through it. And he sees it. You know, it would take a year for anybody else to just see it. Yeah. It took me a year, two years to see it. I never, when I went, when I began, uh, when he began his administration, when I began representing him, I never realized it was that bad. Now, if you told me, when I represented him, the FBI went and got my iCloud account, I would have, I'd have been shocked. Of course. I mean, they were, they were surveilling me from the day I started representing him. When do you do? When do you go surveil a person's lawyer in America? Yeah. Oh, they should have been surveilling I mean, that, us. That 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 yeah. that was um, that was one of many acts they performed that show that they're not an American law enforcement agency. They're closer to some kind of fa- fascist operation. No, they really are. And this guy, yeah. 
I agree, and that's why we that's why we're where we are today. All these when Christopher Ray admits there's a gap in intelligence, maybe he should not have been looking at Rudy Giuliani, a great American's computer, and instead looking at the thousands and thousands and thousands of Godaways and folks that have snuck into this country that are going to do. So. And that brings me to this, Rudy. You know, this Sunday is the New York City Marathon, and. You know my beautiful wife, Danielle. She runs it. It'll be her sixth one, her 40th marathon overall. I'm not nervous. I'm not scared. I'm, I'm none of that. But, 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 but I'm also not a moron. And I just told you I know there are thousands, thousands of terrorists. I'm not talking about the illegals, the migrants at the shelters. I mean terrorists that are here to kill us. If you were still the mayor, this never would have happened. I understand that. But assuming you took over today and New York was in the state it was right now, how difficult would your job be? Uh, in that area, probably ten times more difficult. Ten yeah, times. In that area. Ten times. Uh, not, in some, not in the criminal, the normal criminal areas, because the, that's why I'm disappointed in Adams. Uh, everything is there to straighten that out if you want to. Every process is there. Every program is there. You could restore the morale of the New York City Police Department in, in, in a couple of days by just saying the right things and doing the right things. But on this area, we're in much worse shape because who knows who we let in in the last three years, Sid? I mean, the numbers are staggering, staggering. We, we've, we've let in last, – last year we let in 285,000 people that we saw and we paroled them into the United States, all of whom came in illegally. Under Trump, the, the, the last year that he left – it was 400,000. We've gone from 400,000 to 2.8 million of people we know about. I mean, that's, an, that's a whole new world, right? It's like a couple, we created a couple of cities of, uh, of illegals. Uh, second, we don't, we've got another couple of hundred thousand, probably, probably 600,000 that we don't even know who they are that came in. They're just walking around. We don't know who they are. They have to be terrorists, some of them. The terrorists wouldn't be terrorists if they didn't send people in. They'd be stupid. Here, here, you say, here, here you say to them, here's a big open door to the United States. You want to come here and do terrorist acts. You keep saying it. Come on in when you've got no chance of getting caught. Well, of course, for the last three or four years, they've been sending people in here. And that is, I think that's what Ray is reflecting, that the FBI doesn't have the usual – uh, uh, pieces of information you get to pick these people up because the door was wide open and, yeah. and our eyes were closed. So if you were sitting down this morning, uh, I'd be come very close with Michael Kemper. He's uh, the head of the transit. He's a chief of transit. He's a very nice guy, by the way, Rudy. Nice guy. Uh, if you were sitting down with him, he's in charge of the subways. If you were sitting down this morning with the chief of counterterrorism I spoke to just a couple of days ago, maybe Caban, you had Bernie Carrick, uh, the, the, um, the police commissioner, what would you guys be concentrating on? Look, they're not going to fly planes into buildings. We get that. But the assumption is they're here in big numbers. They probably got guns, maybe even nuclear material. What would you be worried about in New York right about now? I'd be, I'd be worried about uh, in New York, I think they're gonna, if they're going to do anything, they're going to try something big because it doesn't make an impact in New York if you do something small. And up until we were – overwhelmed with uh, as many people as, as we have possible terrorists, New York had pretty damn good control over who they were. In other words, our intelligence was pretty damn good uh, up until de Blasio. So I'd want to, I'd, first of all, I want to see how good it really is and have him be honest with me and not, you know, not 
do the usual mayor thing, which is, uh, what is it like? Oh, everything's fine, boss. Uh, but really find out how bad the intelligence is. And then second, uh, try to work on, on, on the instincts of the people who have been there. You've got some people in that joint terrorism task force that have instincts better than a computer. And right now, the most you can do is you have to work on them and have them tell you what they think is going to happen. In other words, let them let them uh, do hypotheticals. We used to do that a lot. We would sit around and we'd do a, uh, a planning, a hypothetical planning. And, you know, even if you get ready for that, if something else happens, you're better prepared. I mean, it's like a uh, if you're a well-prepared football team and uh, you think they're going to run a play and they run a different play, a well-prepared football team will adjust to that right away. Right. right. A well-prepared emergency unit will be able to to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea what they're like now. I do know they were uh, decimated when they were defunded. I do know that. Adams put some, but no, nowhere near all back. Mm. And I don't know how much he prioritizes mm. it. Uh, the mayor prioritizing something makes it more important. And uh, right now, he should be meeting with them so that they're all at the top of their game. And then he should be figuring out long term uh, in defunding the police. Mm. That's where he uh, that's that's where he has to refund really quickly. Well, you got to get a lot more cops on the street. I mean, I, I can tell you, the people that I talk to, Rudy, very anecdotal, the one attack they're most fearful of, and according to the New York records yesterday, they are now setting all-time records on the subway, is a chemical attack, which, again, not all that difficult to bring in material with guns when the terrorists come here. There's a chemical attack in our subways. I mean, that's 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 a possibility, yes? Yeah, it is. Uh, the the thing about the subways, and your friend would know this, is um, the subways have been the, have been the uh, object of terrorist uh, threats, and oh, for thirty years, thirty five years, uh, they're always at the top of the list. And whenever you arrest a group of terrorists, invariably you find plans for the New York City subway. As a result of that, the New York City Police Department has probably d- developed the best system for securing the subways that exists. So, number one, they should dust it off and make sure they have it. They should bring it up to date. And it would only take them a, a little while to get it up to date. And uh, they, you can't secure anything. You can't say, oh, we can stop anything. No. But uh, NYPD is really good at security for big events. That's why with, with the marathon, yeah. I would give every warning necessary. But tell people, if you wanted me to guess, they hit something we don't expect. They don't go into a hard target. They never have. You know, they, they, the World Trade Center, the way they hit it was completely surprised, right? They didn't try to do what they did last time because they figured, oh, they got, they got a plan for that one. So it's, this is very hard work because it's anticipating what they don't think you're going to think of. Right. No, you're right. You're right. And the rest of America, they'll do anything else. I mean, they'll just shoot somebody. Uh, they'll torture somebody. They'll take yeah. somebody. Yeah. Uh, they'll they'll do a hostage. But, but for New York, Los Angeles, for the big cities, they like to make a big statement. And uh, in a way, they were stopped a couple of times because of that. Mm. And uh, I I just think now we're outnumbered. 
Jeez. You know, I think we've got we've got the security people trained. They they haven't lost that training, uh, but we we've got too many unknowns. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's and, uh, it's it's and, again. And this guy isn't, isn't even stopping it now. I know. No, it's still going on. Would, I know. You would think you would think he would declare a national emergency at the border, right? Say a national emergency, particularly his FBI director gets his FBI director gets up and says we're going to be attacked. Right? Isn't that what he said? Yes. I'm pretty sure. I'm yes. pretty sure we're going to be attacked. Yeah. Well, if you're the pre- if you're the president, you wake up that day and say, "What are we doing about it?" The answer is, "What's he doing about it? Nothing." Nothing. In I'm... fact, he, in fact, he's contributing to it. He's one of the main reasons we're in the position we're in. You, Mr. President, are the main reason why we're under real, real danger. No, there's no why. doubt. He he is far and away the worst president in my lifetime, and anybody I speak to, even older than me, uh, is quick to say the yeah, worst yeah. president ever. I mean, he's the worst president ever. So before I let you go here, because this has been another fascinating conversation, I love when you come on, Woody, I really do. Uh, I mentioned I that uh, Bobby Knight passed away, and your son Andrew was oh, telling me that man. he loved you, right? Oh, yeah, I, I loved him. I, I, thought he, I thought he was the most misunderstood guy. And he was the kind of coach I remember that I loved when I when I played ball. I mean, the guy was fabulous. First of all, he was smart as hell. Understood politics, too. I mean, he wasn't, you know, all these guys, you know that, the really smart sports guys, they're smart on everything. Uh, because, because to figure out basketball strategy isn't terribly different than figuring out wartime strategy. You're right. <laughs> you, you need that same kind of mind. Yeah. I used to think sometimes, see, maybe he should run a couple of wars for us. Yeah. Well, and by the way, he also he also started his, his brilliant coaching career, which included three championships at Indiana and Texas Tech at West Point and Army. Of course, of course, absolutely. Think, think of all the great coaches that spent a little time at West Point, huh? Lombardi and, right? Bill Parcells. Mike Krzyzewski Bill was Parcells. a player there. Bobby Knight. Yeah. Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah, all of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that discipline makes a very big difference. But boy, you know what's really getting me right now? That our people are being hit right now. The record I keep I keep a scorecard: twenty-seven times, twenty twenty twenty-seven times we've been hit. American forces have been hit. Yeah, can you imagine that? Twenty-seven times? No, I can't. And we finally last week dropped a couple of bombs in Syria. Big deal. For the most part, we get attacked. We do nothing about it. Nothing. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. The bombs that we we hit two ammunition uh, depots, uh, no people, and one of them didn't even have ammunition. <laughs> it's, Believe it's, that? It's not even funny. It's terrible. Hey, uh, listen, all I can say is I appreciate everything you said about me. I really wish you were still mayor. I really do. But these conversations, Rudy, and your show, they're really important because you know, much like Trump did, he was in office. You know you were here, and you were here during a, a terrorist time. So when you say something, it means something. So thank you for coming on today. Keep talking. I love you very much, yeah, Keep Rudy. it up. And any time you want me, I mean, I'll, I'll come on any time you want me. Thank you. Thank uh, you. In general, but if you want me on this subject, uh, I keep up with it. I have people there I talk to every day. We should do this every uh, week. You, you should really come on every week like your son does, to be honest. You should. I will. We'll okay. set a time. All right. And, uh, uh, Justin, take a read. I have very good it, – it, Israel is a country where I've been a lot of times, so I have very good sources there. Okay, perfect. We're going to put you on hold. Justin will talk to you. We're going to book Rudy Giuliani every week. All right. Who better? I love you, Rudy. Good. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, buddy. And uh, Andrew on Fridays and maybe Rudy on Tuesday, something like that, okay? we got to take a break. It's been a very long segment. Uh, we'll come back. Sitting friends in the morning. Rudy Giuliani, that was great. Thank you so much.
Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. From uh, Scott Rosenstein on Facebook, he said, Sid, hope all is well. Great job. You're the best host in the country. Could you give a shout-out to my brother Richard Rosenstein or Stein for his 60th birthday? Thank you. Boca Raton, Florida, loves you and misses you. Richard Rosenstein or Stein, happy 60th birthday. So I guess I just did it, Lou, didn't I? I guess you did it. You fulfilled so many wishes today. According to Lou Schechter, Rabbi Dworkin, who bar mitzvahed me at my reformed temple on Avenue R in Brooklyn, married him and his Goyim wife. <laughs> that's hilarious. What if that's true? Lou Schechter. Richard Stoller, my dentist, also in uh, Boca del Rey, listening right now. I got a huge amount of fans in uh, Florida, you know. Huge. Oh, I think you live there. Mar-a-Lago, they listen. I'm, I'm, I'm all kidding aside, they listen there. So we've... um. Well, we're everywhere. Big dinner tonight. Uh, once again, I want to congratulate my uh, my new buddy here. I've gotten very close with uh, Keith Kantrowitz, Mr. Power Express Mortgage, baby. And he's being honored tonight alongside the Reverend A.R. Bernard at the 2023 Humanitarian Awards Reception held by the New York Board of Rabbis. Beth and Steve Dorfman are the co-chairs at the Pierre Hotel, and I'll be there tonight at uh, 6 o'clock. And uh, none of you guys are invited. None of you. You ever get, um, you ever feel left out? Of the, what, is, what do they call that? FOMO. When, FOMO. You ever feel that? or No. <laughs> no, because I, I'm owed about 16 years of sleep. Mm. So, I never feel that way either. I, I couldn't care less. I no. mean, these guys are my friends, and Keith has become a very good friend. Like I said, Anthony Carone and Cole. So I'm all too happy to go. That's but, right. You, the reason you don't is because you are being included. Yeah, so, but I don't care if I miss stuff. Uh, like I, okay, like when I yeah. see people on Instagram at dinners and all around, like Simone, for example. Like I love, you know, I love Mark Simone, and I dine with Mark Simone a couple times a month, and he's a genuinely nice guy. But I could never live that life, never. Well, you're close. I'm not even close. You're not. To Mark Simone. Well, I know he goes out every. I night. do one. I do one dinner a month, and I maybe know. I go out once a week. No, once a yeah, week. Yeah, you go out once a once week. A, that, that's that I'm can, the biggest that's... radio host in the country. I go out once a week. That's, that's not the the, the reason. Uh, not, the, not the link. Well, I'm not I'm going saying... out to uh, no it, with my buddies. Yeah, but you're. I'm always going out. Uh, they're, 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 they're kind of buddies, but it's also a business deal, you know. But Simone is out every night. Yeah, every well, night he likes that. But he's no, he doesn't to... like that. He's got no other choice. I've got a beautiful wife and children, and Mark's got none of that. 
Okay, but also the hours are different, too. Yeah, he gets to get up at uh, probably yeah, 6 in the morning. Yeah. He gets We're already no. here. Yeah, we've been working for five hours. But when I look at him at these dinners on Instagram, I, I am not even a little. I'm like, oh, my God. And unless he's with John and Margot, to be completely honest, it's a pretty boring crowd he hangs out with. Let's be honest. I'm going to tell you, if you started looking at the pictures of some of these dinners and saw the people that you've been talking about, my you friends? Go, yeah, whatever. You'll yeah. Get, and you were not included. You go, I don't understand why I wasn't there. No, I'm not that How petty. Come, no, oh, all right. Well, I will say it. I don't understand why I'm not uh, speaking at the... Uh, he's, not, that's, he's not that petty. <laughs> no. Am I? How are they not having the King of the Jews speak at the, the Board of the, of the Rabbis exactly dinner tonight? You, you know, uh, think you'd be the keynote speaker. Now that you brought that up, I'm being serious about that. Yes. How? Because Rabbi Joe Potashnik is jealous of me. That's why. Because he's got nine people listening Sunday morning. I've got nine million listening on Monday morning. That's why. Well, that's fine. Everybody's jealous of me. Let me tell you, Mark Simone is so insanely jealous no, of me. No kidding. He oh, is. my God. Mark Simone would have told you three years ago that you can bank on the ratings 100%. They are as accurate as your blood pressure will tell you today. They are Now there's something wrong with the ratings every week. Why? Because I him. beat that right. morning show so badly yep. that Simone can't recover. Nobody can. By the time they get to Sean, it's over. Well, By the time they get to Sean, I mean, I, if I type 1.6 to a 5.1, are you nuts? So Simone, he can't, he can't recover from that. So now the ratings are, there's something wrong. There's, That's Simone. Well, there's, you know, there's nuances when you look at the numbers. Yeah, nuances. <laughs> yeah, that's a great word. When you start yeah. to go deeper into the... <laughs> go deeper into this. Uh, into the number system. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the age group is not exactly what they're saying. And they're not, reporting, all, yeah. they're not reporting. They're not reporting everything. You know that. And then you get this. Thank you, Mark. You get this this owner for this... You get this owner for this Greek diner. He's in my crosshairs this morning because, first of all, I said to Justin yesterday, mm-hmm. I said, could you imagine if this guy Pete at this Golden Dolphin Diner in Huntington, Golden could you Globe. imagine, what is it called? Golden Globe. It's called both. Yeah, Trust I, know. Me. I know. I'm just. It's so stupid. <laughs> so could you imagine if this guy had no issues, no issues, but he wanted to create some controversy to get some exposure. Yeah. And you got a putz like me putting him on the air because he said something nice about the Jews. That would have been brilliant. Mm. But either way, this guy's doing interviews all over town, New York Post, blah, blah, blah. And guess who doesn't mention? Me. Yeah. Yeah. That took, it didn't, that, this didn't take long for you to uh, flip-flop on this guy. He's dead to me. Oh, okay. Kidding! <laughs> 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 how do you, how dare you disparage the king of the no, no, he's my friend. So. <laughs> he's actually naming some sandwich after me or something. So. Right, right. Get back into my good graces. <laughs> Very quickly. Anyway, I'm telling you, the numbers still don't lie. They're- Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, we're done, folks. That Woody Giuliani unbelievable conversation was brought to you by our dear friend Pete Morgan. He'll be here tomorrow. And, of course, that's Peerless Borders. Check them out, peerlessborders.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build the world's best borders. And, again, my staff, you guys, Laura Fino and Justin Ellick and Noam Layden, I can't say enough about you, and Joe Nolan. Joe Nolan is a five-man team. The four of you guys were great today. I love you all very much.
If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.